0: Hello! It is Friday! <laughs> Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, glad you are with us. We've got, we got a lot to get to here on this Friday. We'll talk to Braves baseball with Gura Vidoc of SB Nation. Battery power there on SB Nation. He's got some thoughts on Michael Harris, who continues to play exceptionally well since his uh, call-up. you got baseball in the borough uh, with Georgia Southern and UNC Greensboro later tonight. Notre Dame, Texas Tech in town. I understand they are in a... Lightning delay, a weather delay it is now raining, so could be a long afternoon, evening, yeah, weekend. Oh yeah, if it continues to rain there at Statesboro, but uh, again, first ever uh, regional there in Statesboro. I did see this. I don't know if you saw this, but good on. Uh, I know we enjoy having Jared Bico on, but saw him out today, a tweet of uh, of him out there painting the baseball stadium, getting it ready for. The region—that's dedication, man. When I—I I, I don't know. I, again, I'm not going to speak out of turn. Uh huh. I don't know if the Alabama AD is out there with a the paintbrush. I mean, I did, look, look, sprucing, sprucing it, it up. up. I don't no, know that. I, again, think about it, Kevin. Hold
1: on, hold on. You got something. You got something big that's never happened. You, you were AD at, at at school X, and, and, and this was here, y'all going through the, the the morning meetings, and you hear, yeah, man. I mean, who's going to paint this? Well, you go. What? What? Who's going to paint it? What do you mean? Who's going <laughs> to? Which do mean who's going to paint it? No, no, I think, hold on, hold on. So, 2022, Jared Binko is painting the baseball stadium. 2021, a then Sean Quinn is painting Yeah, that's the locker right.
0: room. That's right, stop. Listen, listen, do, 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 do,
1: do, okay, but well, what it is. You got tired of, you do it, you do it. Give me the paint, because I'm sick of this. Shine to shot who said, look. If you think – because, you know, because it's – almost, because think about it, Kevin. If you are Jared Binko, all he's thinking is – you think anybody saw it? What you mean? You think somebody saw the corner that wasn't <laughs> – I'm going over there right now, and I'm getting them. done. But shout out to them Georgia Southern Eagles. Yeah. Hosting their first ever regional Texas Tech. Notre Dame is in the borough. Got to love it.
0: That's right. Again, just de- – again, just dedica- – again, I, one of those guys like, hey, I'm willing to do what I'm trying to get everybody else to do. I, I, like, I like it. Uh, and, again, we enjoy having uh, Jared Binko on the show. But I saw that, and I was like, hey, I, I don't know – at a major college, how many ADs are getting out there with a paintbrush and painting, out, painting anything? You, listen, we, listen, they we, might and, do the ceremony like, hey, hey, we're gonna freshen up the stadium and do the, like, the little one stroke <laughs> for the picture. Like, all right, I'm out. But no, man, look, no, look no, I, I no, just saw that. No, I don't no, know. That,
1: that's, well, listen, welcome to the world of everything goes viral. And Jerry Biko, like, the last thing I want is somebody be like, hey, man. You know that the stadium ain't paid a rate. Hey, y'all y'all get away from this. No, park. that's when somebody else comes up to you <laughs> and goes,
0: you know who's painting at the stadium, right? Yeah, the athletic director. You, You might want to go grab a brush. You might want to go, yeah. And, and chip in. Oh, exactly. Every, everybody who's in the athletic <laughs> department
1: uh, is saying to themselves, hey, man, I mean, do you guys go above and me? beyond? I man, it's hot out there. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, what well, you would hope so. Yeah, the head guys out yeah, there the, getting it done. Yeah, so. we live in the Southeast. It gets really, really hot really, <laughs> really fast. And, I mean, and, you know, but shout out to Jared Binko though, man. Congratulations. Like I said, the Georgia Southern City of Statesboro hosting their first ever regional. It's only sixteen of them, and they are one of them. Shout out to
0: Absolutely them. gonna be a big weekend of baseball there in Statesboro. SEC meetings are done in Destin. Normally that's like a big to-do. I don't know what got solved uh, this week in uh in Destin. We'll talk about that coming up. A little bit later in the show as well. We had the NBA Finals, ben, uh last night. And it kind of goes away and went in a direction that I don't know if a lot of people saw coming. So we'll get to that coming up later on the show as well. 912-342-7184. 912-342-7184. You can hit us up on Twitter as well, at Pigskin Radio. At Pigskin Radio, we are streaming live, ESPNCoastal.com. You can also see us live, tweet, uh, live tweeting, live streaming, mm-hmm. my, my smiling face. Ben Smiley face on Facebook, Twitter, <laughs> yeah. and uh, our YouTube channel at ESPN Coastal, and you can follow along with us right there uh, online. So a number of ways for you to, to get us here on the show. But Braves last night, Ben, you sent me a text. Normally Ben doesn't send me a text after a certain time because Ben's like I, I was tired. But you sent me a text last night and said, "Quote the Braves are bawling." They they were, I and mean, and I mean, they they finally I, well, got this one.
1: I, no, no, this is what I really did.
0: So. Because the Braves scare me,
1: people like, "Oh man, they was up by like six, nine, no, no, no. I, I need, I need that secure. Like Braves can be up five zero down. That that's it has proven that it's not safe in 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 this year's MLB. But when you know Darnold, he started really going crazy, and I was like, "Okay, man." Like it's one of those things, Kevin. You say, "All right, if they come back and they tie and they lose, I'm never texting Kevin again during the game." But I just, I just think that. You know, I you know this is what I used to do at night because I mean, I, I, I the, the games go too late. I mean, I ain't gonna stay up. I I go straight to the box scores, and and, and when I'm going, when you know it's so many games in MLB, Kevin. I'm just scrolling up. I'm like, I'm kind of I don't know if anybody does. I'm scrolling up real slow, like I, like it's my fault. Like, come on, break! Oh, Bray's up big, and I'm like, okay, they kind of balling right now. Then when I saw Darno go yard again, I said, all right, you know, I, I feel I feel secure, but at the same time, Kevin, it's what we said. It's like. The Braves do it from the most unlikely of people. Like, if you would have told me the Braves go out there and dominate, I was, oh, man, Olsen, Riley, you know, uh, Acuna, Darno. What? And I think that's kind of like I hope that this Braves team realized. look, man, somebody's up every game. We don't know who. We don't know who's going to get the high hand. We don't know in the lineup or pitching or what may have you. But you got to string some wins together. You want to get a, a winning streak. And, Kevin, at this point, we'll take it any way you can get it. We, <laughs> yeah. It used to be you want to get three in a row against the same team. You know, if it started with a previous team and you want to, you want to bring it over to another team, because last night <clears throat> um, I was on a podcast I'm not going to mention, it, and there was a person on there who, you know, root for the evil empire. And uh, I was like, he, you know, I, I, I kind of let him know. I said, you see what my Bravo's doing right now? He goes, I'm a Yankees fan. I'm like, listen, man, my, my internet will go out <laughs> hearing that kind of nonsense <laughs> coming from you. But no, no, But shout out to the bravos, man. Got it done, Kevin. At this point, it's about getting it done. I'm not, I'm not the BJ Bender of wasting runs. Get as many as yeah. you can get, but hopefully that carries over. I I, I, I like the energy
0: last. Yeah, time. whatever it takes to get wins at this point, a chance to go for. I, I shouldn't even say it because how many times have I said, "Hey, chance <laughs> for three, a chance for three in a row." I mean, please. please, and again, Colorado has been one of those places, man, where it's like it can be a lot of fun because you can score a lot of runs. It's big. The ball travels well in that thin air, or it could be a house of horrors. And so far, it's been well. It's done been good for the Braves, at least through one game. I, I'm I'm hoping Ben, again, just for the sake of quit talking about it, they can win three games in a row and kind of put together a winning streak. I mean, you look at it, and uh, I was just checking out today. The Braves are nine and a half behind the Mets, and you look at it and say, well, man, boy, this kid, the Braves are six and four of their last ten. Which is not terrible. I mean, that's not it's, it's above five hundred baseball in your last ten. Mets are seven and three though, so that, that's what you're dealing with. You have got to play a little bit better baseball and hope again. Uh, you know, the Mets are ending this stretch. The Dodgers, Padres, uh, Angels, Brewers, Houston. I think they're playing the Dodgers right now. So you hope. And apparently, the Mets are all upset. They said the, the Dodgers visiting locker room was apparently not up to, not up to par. Smelled like what? Is, I, I was trying to say. What, somebody tweeted. I'm trying to remember who it was said. Said it smelled like rat urine. I like. I don't really know if that's. I like, got a specific smell. To me, like, I don't want to get you know too involved in the show, but uh-huh. you know, urine's urine. I don't know, yeah. there, I don't know if there's a big difference. Uh, you know, in the way it's. It all smells bad. I mean, whoever described that. How would you? I mean, how many rats have you dealt with in your <laughs> lifetime? <laughs> like, you know,
1: what I'm saying? Hey, I'm just listen, I, listen. If coming from a person who lived in the Northeast to where. <laughs> Listen, people. You live in Jersey, and this is no the New York and New you Jersey got, got uh, transit system. You got some big dog looking rats <laughs> climbing up the freaking wall. But no, I mean, hey, if, look, that's what we do today. I mean, if that's what it smelled like,
0: were they ever actually on the train?
1: Uh, ah, yeah, yeah. Well, they say they say at a certain time at night they will be. But the craziest part about you know working on in New the York,
0: train, like in it,
1: yeah, yeah. What well, the craziest part about it is, Kevin? You know, we southerners, so. I mean, I ain't no crash. I'm 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 in the subway waiting on the train, and I see this thing that looks like like a little dog, <laughs> and I'm like, what? That big? Oh, big, big. Um, then, they, I mean, they, they 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 like climb up the side of the wall. It's 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 one of those, you know, with us, we 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 see a little itty bitty. Oh, you know, and just imagine something like you know twice the size of my hand, and I'm like, what? And, and mind you, that's how they know. Once again, that's how they know. I'm not. I'm like, oh my god, it's a rat! And people look like, this. <laughs> man, it's New York City. Yeah, so we call I'm this like, a Friday afternoon yeah, we, in the subway. Yeah. yeah, we call. They'll say, they'll say, they live <laughs> here too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I said, like, are you defending it right now? Yeah, the rat or two. If he come over here, it's gonna be his last day. But hey, I've never smelt rat urine, but I'm, I'm guessing the people that people that have, I'm, I'm guessing it doesn't smell, smell well. I'm guessing that. So maybe that's that's what the mentioned are doing. You know, urine. You know, it's urine. It's, 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 it's,
0: it's, you know, it all smells bad. Yes. No, I would say I, maybe that's why the Braves didn't play well. Maybe that's because they're in the locker room, and you're like what? Like is it's like, like <laughs> no, <ain't> somebody <laughs> get some Febreze <Fabrizio> in <laughs> here or something. <laughs> and you know what? And, and, know.
1: and you know what's crazy about about baseball players? They never really get into how, you know. Some of these stadiums are kind of wacky. They don't really say anything. Look, man, I don't want to, or I don't want to be the first. Like, I mean, some of these, said. some of these
0: stadiums have been around a long time. I imagine there's, it smells a little musty. <laughs> like, I'm saying, if you're, if, yeah. you, if you're with the Red Sox, and you're like, oh yeah, And you're like, hey, Ted Williams was in this oh, locker Fender room. Got to be like, no, I'm saying, but like, yeah, you're like, hey, Ted Williams. Well, Ted Williams hadn't played since like the the, the early the, the, the 50s and the 60s. And you know they want like, to and with all these renovations, the
1: world, they want to keep everything the same. Like, no, we can we can we can get rid of these toilets. I think we can get rid of these.
0: Like, Babe uh, Ruth once said here. Babe Ruth
1: used the bathroom in that <laughs> bathroom. After everything. No, no. Like, like, okay, we'll make it a monument and put something around it's, it nobody can use
0: it. It's the memorial stall at the the <laughs>
1: Yeah, like, like. I'm just, it's the golden stool. That's listen right. to me. At the end of the day, I love, listen, I never met my great-great-great-grandparents, but if they say, your great-great-grandfather, you should not, uh, well, Time saying, for an update. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, <laughs> what color no, is it? It's, it's made out of wood. Not doing it. <laughs> I'm just saying, certain things, look, at the end of the day, can, I, listen, as a person that played in a lot of football stadiums, I mean, the old Orange Bowl was awful. Like, it used to be all full. We used to be down there. But yeah. I, I do think that certain things, certain traditions are ridiculous. Like, I get it. All right, boom. So All right, you know. I, sh- I don't want to Babe Ruth. I don't want to use anything. He. That's I know ridiculous. this
0: is a, this is a, this is kind of a uh, you know way off the topic, but hey, we are doing it on a Friday. Why not? Worst smelling locker room you've ever been in was where?
1: Man, was there one
0: in the pros that was real bad? Um, that was real bad, man. As you be
1: like, dude, what is? I'm oh saying- my God! <laughs> <laughs> Listen, and I mean this. He's respectfully. Like, I'm just gonna change outside. It- no, I mean I mean this respectfully. The, the, the I played for the Raiders. But I also played against them. So, when I played against the Raiders, my rookie year, we going to, you know, we, we in the business locker room and you look around like, what the hell? What the hell is this? Like, you like you look around, everything's talking, it's, uh, you know, like, it's, That and San Diego, by the way. San Diego's was bad too. They was bad. You know, You know how, okay, you know how like, you watch, like, A League of Their Own or whatever. Do they do that and, on and, purpose? And you, and you and you see how they got to make a set. But you see everything's wood. Yeah. But that's the crazy part. Then I play for the Raiders. And I walk into the Raiders locker room. And I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> it's, it's not – it's not it's, – it's, it's almost like they trying to preserve too much. And I'm like, listen, <laughs> man, like, did you consult with me? I don't want to sit on the bench just going <laughs> – like, is that a splinter? <laughs> it, it, it's it's – so for me – it was it was it was the old you know San Diego and obviously when you talk about um,
0: it was just bad or like smell bad. It's it
1: smell bad, but Kevin, it's one of those things <laughs> to where it's one of those things <laughs> where it's like this. It's like walking into a hotel room. You know, you walk in, you like, it's okay, or you like, it's, what is what it? Yeah. What is it? And like I said, the the I, the, the, the old Chargers, the old Raiders, love the Raiders by the way, and, I, and and a number, and if I go college, I'm sorry, Vanderbilt. I, it's bad. You think I'm that? Like, was, I'm like, I mean, you, 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 like, hey, what? <laughs> but hey, Buffalo wasn't the best either. Like, it's like, it's, it's, it is. Um, I can't remember the stadium, but there is a stadium out there that <laughs> the visitors' locker room was all pink, so they paint everything. I in was the at pink. Iowa.
0: Does that? Okay, their visitor locker room. Yeah, no, I'm saying, look, look, I. Everybody who's played sports knows. Is, hey, there's been a locker room or two. You walked in, it's got that special, special smell of no. sweat and humidity. <laughs> that just, it's 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 a it's a nasty no, or, combination. Or,
1: or, or, or this, uh, I will say this. Went to went to the University of Tennessee to play up there twice. We had to go to a, a movie theater. Now listen, Kevin. Just imagine the first, you know, <laughs> grease grease movie theater. You like the movie Grease. You walk in, right. and you know everything is dim. You got the dust coming from the ground. I'm like, what kind of movie <laughs> Was, and maybe they just did that, but like I said, man, some of these stadiums, all, man, they, everything is an upgrade now. Yeah. You know, they, they can't, that stuff can't look at it's,
0: it's it. It's all, all an experience. But the Mets were complaining about it, so the uh, the visiting locker room, unacceptable. Unacceptable for the Mets. I hate it for them. Maybe you'll lose a couple more games, and Braves can climb back in this thing. we got so much to get to. Gorav Vidak will join us from Battery Power on uh, SB Nation. I will talk some Braves baseball with him in about uh, 20 minutes. When we come back, the SEC meetings are done, but – did they do anything? We'll let you know next. It's 3 and Out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Welcome back. Good to have you along here on 3 and Out. We'll chat with Gurav Vidak of Battery Power on SB Nation. Talk some Braves baseball with him coming up in just a little bit. But Ben, the SEC meetings in Destin are done. And what did they decide? Well, they decided that they'll decide later is basically uh, what happened. No scheduling protocols in place. Didn't even vote on a, uh, a scheduling uh, protocol. No NIL policy, no transfer portal policy. Those last two, I think most people assumed, uh, probably not going to get, weren't going to get done. Uh, and, and Greg Sankey basically said as much. He's like, hey, anything we pass uh, at this point, we're not going to win. Any, it's not going to hold up to a legal challenge, i.e. when we get sued, we're going to lose. <laughs> so uh, Nothing. Uh, has come out about that. Transfer portal policy, I think they will. Uh, they probably just, I think, need to have more debate on what they want to do. I do like the idea of windows. You have it to declare for the NFL draft, MLB draft. Like, hey, you get, you have to put your name in by this point, and you could take it out, but it has to be taken out of the list uh, by this point as well. So I, I don't have a problem with that. I think, to me, that's a common-sense thing that most people could get behind the scheduling protocols. are waiting now. Again, they don't have to wait. I don't want to wait too terribly long. But part of the holdup for this is what is the college football playoff going to look like? Obviously, because uh, Greg Sankey and the SEC folks are going to say, "Well, what's it looking like? How many teams could we get in? Uh, if we stay with eight, do we get more teams in?" I, I don't think that's not. I mean, I, say, I don't think that's not a uh, discussion. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't matter, do we go to nine? Do we get? Can we get more money? With a ninth conference game. And I think that's something they want to see, uh, you know, as they talk with their TV partners. Hey, if we go to this nine game conference schedule, can we get more money? Well, how much more money do you want? Well, we're taking away a potential dog game, no pun intended to Mississippi State or, or Georgia out there. We're taking away a potential game that a lot of people may or may not have a whole lot of interest in, and we're going to just do another conference game. And what we were talking about yesterday when I, we went with our three commons uh opponents been, I think that gives you more opportunity to stack games, so every week you have very compelling matchups. I mean, every game, even the SEC, is not always going to be 100% compelling all the time, but I do think the SEC said, hey, we want to talk more about some of the uh, things that are out there. I think there's hesitancy for a nine-game conference schedule, even though, to me, that makes sense with kind of the direction college uh, athletics going. If the money goes up, you got to offer me something compelling. And I knew you could say, well, we're going to make our, our, our schools Schedule X. Well, you can say that, but then when uh, Northwestern State or something comes up on the schedule, you go, why'd you do that? Well, we tried. We couldn't get an agreement done. So we went with a dub. I mean, so I, I think there's some complexities there, but I think that when Greg Sankey said they want to have done maybe late summer, early fall, so moving ahead, they can negotiate with their TV partners about getting that new deal done.
1: Yeah, I think uh, this uh, these meetings, Kevin, was more about look, just you know, hashing out some some you know fake beef that's going on uh, in the media. You know, when it comes to Greg Sankey, he's a guy that definitely moves in silence. He doesn't. He want, the SEC wants to break stuff when they want to break stuff. They want to be able to say, yes, we we all know we're going to be doing the scheduling protocols. It's just not going to come out of this. Why? Because if I get fourteen guys, they're going to answer it fourteen ways. Compared to saying, hey, I'm the, I'm the commissioner. I'll tell you what we're going to do, and they're going to agree to it. They're going to just fall in line. Now, with the NIL the transfer portal, I do like the fact that Kirby Smart initiated something. Now, I, I mean, obviously, he slipped when he because he's, he's still looking out for self, saying if they want to be in or out of the conference. But Greg Sankey understands. You only get one time to get some of this stuff right. So once we say we got a protocol to come to NIL, that's going <laughs> to be the lay of the land. And when, not if, when sanctions come down, they're going straight, they going straight to the SEC offices. When it comes when it comes to the transport portal stuff, while it is, while it is a selfish intent when it comes to having a, a, a you know a, you know two different times, there is these players. What what people are realizing is this transport portal got you know 3,500 3, players in That's almost 16, 17 players per team. <clears throat> so I think that you want to have something to give yourself the best shot to land on the squad that you want. Because, Kev, you know what you're like, I know. You talk about a guy like JT Daniels. Well, he was also a five-star.
0: Right, yeah. Right,
1: so that, that – and he also He's the exception, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that they should be focused more on the rule. It can't be – number one, there's not a lot of five-stars in college football, period. But a five-star quarterback that went to the USC, that went to Georgia, of course he's going to land on his feet. West Virginia, got it, got it. What about a guy who's a four-star, three-star, two-star that said, look, I'm just not going to play. It's not that I'm not good enough. These guys in front of me, there's too many guys. If I declare, I think – but they need to make more of a, a big deal about it. Don't just be like, oh, uh, you know, uh, Player X uh, is in the, in the transfer portal." No. The University of Georgia is going to have all the guys that's declaring to go, you know, that's in the transfer portal is going out today. That way, boom, Universe. it's like another – it's like a, it's like another – because let's face it, some of these schools – Make up their team in the transfer portal. Some of these teams are saying, look, man, if I get a chance to get a former Georgia, former Georgia Tech, I want to get that guy, but I want to have – I want to be – I don't want it to be he goes in at – you know, he's in Georgia, so he goes in at, you know, 5 o'clock Eastern time. I'm on the West Coast and I want him. I mean, somebody already. <laughs> I think they should make more of a – I do like having two different windows because I want to – because if I go in the first window – now this is the crazy part, though. He said February first. The reason why I don't like the February first, do no, no no, do February fifth because the first week I want to see what you don't let me transfer out and then I look at this recruiting class, and it's not and, and my position is fine but I'm gone. No, let me see what you got. It's like it's almost like, hey man, well, these, I think the
0: coaches want it prior to signing day so they know hey do I need to be pursuing another yeah, guy because yeah. somebody wants to wants to dip and, on it.
1: And I and I I, I like having listen. I, they talking about too. I, I do like having the two windows. I, I I do I do like that, you know. But I I, I also want to I also it's all about making sure these players have a landing spot cuz you know you're like I know Kevin, I mean, look. For a person that's been recruited, highly recruited, it is a woo. it is a beautiful I'm not going to act like it's not a beautiful place to be. It's a beautiful feeling because a lot of myths got killed. I I'm, I'm, my first feel I'm like, is yes, you ain't have to be on a good team, right? No, you good. You sure? Yeah, you good." Uh oh, Did I have to have the best stats in the state? No. You sure? Yeah. And then you get on there and you go, ooh, there's like 50 dudes here. (laughs) Yeah, but just just, just watch. Just just watch what starts happening. And the group go from 50 to 40. Then they started breaking certain people off. I mean, tight ends coach want to see you. Head coach want to see you. Offensive coordinator want to see you. Head strength coach want to see you. Uh, AD wants to meet you. President wants to meet you. Dean of students want to meet you. All right, cool. <laughs> and what happens is when you're going back home, you could take two guys from the same school, and they say, "What well, you say they did all this, did all that. Ain't do that with me. And I'm like, Well, maybe I, and I go, it's like somebody saying, Wait a minute, they have you in the room sitting in front of Lou Holtz? I need to the stadium. Lou Holtz at the stadium? Yeah. You ain't go up in these They doctors. didn't give you
0: a leadership certificate. Yeah, 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 le- le- now
1: nah, 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 that's what lost me. I mean, now South Carolina was very impressive. <laughs> Until they did that. Is that but really I, it? Yeah, yeah. Well, two things, Kevin. This is the thing, right?
0: I'm not trying to go on a sidebar. But no, no, no. no. I... Talk about
1: this though, Kevin. You okay? You from Gwinnett? You Gwinnett and Valdosta might might as well be in two different plants. That's so far <laughs> away from where you're from, and it's and it's and the the, the it's still the south, but it's different. Gwinnett is not like Valdosta. So for me, right. I'm like, well, dude, if I'm a, if I'm gonna do this thing, 45 minutes up the road, probably. The homesickness of me, because I, I say this all the time, man. I've had my doubts when I was at Florida, man. It worked out, and I appreciate it. But I want to be so far away that it's too far away for me to just get homesick. Want to go home, Coach and Coach Pugh, the head coach of South Carolina State, who won the the uh, the Legacy Bowl, not the Legacy
0: bowl, Celebration Bowl,
1: Celebration yeah. Bowl against um, Deion Sanders. Yeah. he he's the one that picked me up and and drove me. To South Carolina because my parents was coming behind me. The strength coach drove me back, and I'm like, "This is cool and everything," but I want to experience winning. Like that's what South Carolina had lost every game for two years straight. They lost every game. <laughs> then they go to the banquet. He like, "Is hey, listen, every one of you gonna get winner certificates?" I go, "Did he just? <laughs> oh hell no!" Like, like you know what I'm saying? So for me, so for me, Kevin, it was like it was one of those things to where I mean, to me, like think about this. Kevin, think about
0: it. I just can't I mean, again, I'm not saying he I, that does, I just can't believe that at the well, college well, level you would do that. But it, but I guess you gotta do something when you're owning level. But
1: that's when you realize that head coaches are the creme de la creme on the campus. Because when he when he when he said he was gonna do this in the you know in the staff meeting room, you know how many people are like, he's gonna do what? <laughs> oh my. because it's 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 so I just know that when you went coming from a guy who look, I stayed at the same school. I, I, you know, I just stuck it out, even with different coaches and different things. I just want to make sure that uh, you know these players have the
0: best possible opportunity. And we will make sure that Ben gets another <laughs> winner certificate when it's all said and done. Now we'll come back. We'll switch gears. Going to talk some Braves baseball. Go VDoc, VDak, Nation will join us when we come back here on Three and Out. Good to have you back here, Three and Out, on this Friday afternoon. Braves in Denver, trying to win. Uh, dare I say three in a row? If uh, if they can get it done tonight in this four-game series against uh, against Colorado. Joining us here to talk about it from SB Nation and Battery Power, at uh, Gurav Vidak joins us. Gurav, welcome, man. How are you?
2: I'm doing wonderful. It's a beautiful day, and I'm off of work, and I'm here to talk some Braves
0: baseball. Hey, we are glad to have you. And you know, I don't know if I said the uh, you know, the, the bad words of uh, three in a row for this Braves team, but what's it going to take, man? It seems like. Every time you you see something from this team where it's like, okay, the corner's starting to get turned, then you get an inexplicable loss, errors that kind of don't make sense. What do you see with this team as to, you know, why they just really haven't been able to string together, you know, three or four good days of baseball?
2: It's it's really the, the magic question. I really wish I had a good answer to that. The talent is there, but then that you see, it's just like you said, there are those days where, the defense just is non-existent and they'll give up three or four runs in an inning. And then it just kind of cascades on them. And before you know it, the offense scores six runs, but then you're losing 12 to six. It's a, it's a frustrating team. And I can, I can definitely say that definitively, it's a frustrating team to watch right now because again, you know, the talent is there. You see the lineup really starting to put it together, but then a fly ball will be hit and then four runs will score somehow. It's, It's a frustrating team. Uh, hopefully they, they really start to pull it together. They have luck on their side because they're playing a not very good Rockies team, but of course they, they did lose a series to the Diamondbacks, the not very good Diamondbacks team. Uh, they have all the opportunity in the world, especially this weekend with the Mets playing the Dodgers. The Dodgers play them well. You can make up some ground because right now it's a, it's a big gap, and you have to start, you know, you really have to start getting into that gap as early as possible. So, Braves need to, uh, despite it being the Rockies, it's an absolute must-win game, and there's a kind of a must-win couple of games coming up against the Rockies here.
1: And, girl, how, how much do you attribute to the fact that you mentioned they lost a series to the Diamondbacks, probably wouldn't have happened in a year if they're not coming off a World Series. How much is it just everybody's going to circle the Braves this year, whether it's in the division or outside the division, everybody wants to get the best, you know, get, give their best uh, to the defending World Series champs, and how much is it just mentality right now but them trying to live up to that bill and, Game in and game
2: out. It's it's that exact thing. I mean, we saw it with the Pirates sweeping the Dodgers, right? When when a great team comes into your home, you want to beat them. The Braves are the reigning champions, so they have to expect the best from every single team out there. And if they're not ready to compete, if they're not really finely tuned in every single game, you're gonna you're gonna lose them because on the other side, it's still major league talent no matter what. So. I, I, you, you saw it with the Hawks you know this past season and Trey Young saying uh, it's it's hard to stay focused when you make that deep run they weren't able to get that that uh, that um, that real focus again and it ended up costing them in the regular season barely making the playoffs it's all in the Braves hands they have the talent do they want to get there or not they just need to stay focused and they need to be able to really really take off during this Next stretch of play when they're playing, you know, these teams that are under 500 over the next like 25 games.
0: Uh, yeah, Gorov, that was uh, you know, uh, we talked about this earlier in the week on this show. The Braves were 10 and a half back earlier this week, nine and a half back now. And from May, what May 21st up until June 20th, they weren't playing a single team with a winning record. Meanwhile, now the Mets are going through a stretch of Dodgers, Padres, Angels, Brewers, Houston, some very good teams, and you haven't been able to make up uh, any ground. At what point do you look at it and say nine games is too much, 10 games is too much, that's an inovercomable number, and you just aren't going to be able to make up that much ground?
2: You know, that's uh, that's a great question. And honestly, with the talent that they're playing right now, if you're not going to close a gap of 10 games when you're playing, you know, 25 teams under 500, I don't know when it's going to happen. So, that like – really time is of the essence right now they have to stay focused and they have to come out of this spell with well above you know 10 12 games over 500 over this next stretch of play otherwise you're heading into the summer days when uh when the heat is you know it's really hot down down in georgia the games are going to be really really sweltering it's going to be hard to really muster up the, the the desire to go out there and play so it's, it's at the. i know it's a long season but it's it's of great importance to really figure it out right now because you have that you have a window the Braves have that window they need to take advantage of it right now
1: I remember when Ian Anderson got called up I think it was during uh you know uh the 60 game season he was able to pitch in the playoffs and then Austin Riley has proved to be the everyday third baseman everybody thought he would be talk about the debut of a Michael Harris the second it seems as though every other night he's doing these uh, out of out of this world catches
2: he is probably one of my favorite prospects that I've covered in my entire career. He is a true five-tool talent, and what you're seeing from him is he makes, he makes sure he makes an impact every single game. If his bat's not there, you're going to get grade-A defense, and what's great is we haven't even seen his arm. Wait until you get to see his arm out in the field if he, if he ever gets tested. He has a cannon for an arm. This is a guy who... He's got every single thing you want. He's got the mental. He's got the mental makeup. His family is outstanding. He does everything the right way. He's exactly who you want in a prospect or in a player representing your city. And while he got off to that zero and four start, the last three games offensively, he's starting to get it. Really starting to get it together. And I'm tell. I, I had this conversation with, with Kevin yesterday. I want to put out that bold claim. Every single season when he's been promoted, it's taken about two and a half weeks before he really gets to the level of that talent on there. So I'm going to go ahead and say by June 12th to 15th, you're going to see the Michael Harris. Again, I'm talking straight offensively. You're going to see the Michael Harris that we know, that I know he's capable of. And that's someone that's going to get on base. He's going to hit about 300. He's going to walk about 8% of the time. And he's going to hit double after double after double. This guy is, is a for real player. And I pray that he is on the Braves for a very, very long time.
0: Yeah, certainly a lot of explosiveness to, to couple with uh, Acuna. And you look at that outfield uh, right now. I know the Braves are being super careful with Acuna. But, I mean, in the back of his of his, of his mind, I was going to say he's pulling his hair out, but uh, Snicker doesn't have, I don't think, any hair. Uh, how can you keep putting Ozuna out there to play defense every night?
2: i I, I don't know. I wish I had an answer to that question but really it comes down to can you afford William Contreras somehow suffering an injury in the outfield and taking his bat away like at what point do you weigh that risk because honestly Ozuna should not be out there defensively we know he's not uh, he's he's a fraction of the defender he was before and his arm is no longer there whatsoever it's just it becomes how risky do you want to be, and honestly, right now I feel the Braves need to find a way to get his to get William Contreras's bat in there alongside Ozuna, which again it, I, I'm not exactly how Snicker needs is gonna is gonna do it, but there, it's of great importance is what I is what I really want to say. You have to get William. You have to get your best hitters on there, out in the lineup as much as possible. So. I just I, I kinda foresee a, a, a stretch of play where Ozuna's gonna be playing DH a lot more and maybe he's getting on the bench some. Uh, it's it's gonna it's not gonna be easy, but luckily I don't get paid to make that decision.
0: And on the other end, are they being too careful with Ronald Acuna Jr.?
2: When it comes to Arizona, I don't think so, but that's just because I don't like playing on turf myself. I. Uh, it depends. I, I wish I could see his medicals. I, I, I wish they could play him on the field more, just so you can have Ozuna on there. But at the same time, if you if he's missing any time, that's a massive hole in your lineup. So I, I would probably preach caution when it comes to uh, Acuna.
1: And obviously, when it comes to a guy like uh, you know Ronald Acuna Jr., they're gonna err on the side of caution. You mentioned Ozuna and him being a liability. Uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, in the in the uh, in the outfield, where does this team? Find consistency, as you mentioned. They got the lineup, they got the pitch, and they got the bullpen. Where can they find that consistency to hopefully go on the road? Go on the road to kind of you know keep pace with the Mets, who are definitely playing out of their mind right now.
2: Well, there there is that. I think the Mets are way out playing their talent level, and I think you're going to see that, especially with the stretch of play uh, that that Kevin spoke about. They have very very difficult schedule coming up, so I think you're going to see some of that some of that production normalized for them. As it pertains to the Braves, it's just all it's it's all them at this point. They got the talent. You're seeing the pitching starting to come together. You're seeing Strider hopefully stabilizing that rotation a little bit. The bullpen is, is a little hit or miss with a couple of key losses, uh, but it's still strong. It's still an elite bullpen, and it still should be top you know top half of the of Major League Baseball. So the talent is there. It's just now it's, it's everything has got to start to click. You want to see Ozzy Albies start to get on base a little more often. Because once he's on there, that elongates the entire the entire lineup by a significant amount. So again, like I wish I had the answer to that question, but the talent's there. It's really just up to the Braves. Hey, we got to make up this ground now. It's the perfect time. Let's let's get our act together.
0: gora Vidak, SB Nation, Battery Power, joining us here on Three and Out. And and, and Gora, you look at uh, again this team, and we've talked about it some. With you know, you haven't been able to string together three wins in a row, and How much of that is just narrative? I I say this a lot where it's like, hey, inside the clubhouse, they probably don't think a whole lot about it until you're this part of the season and people keep bringing it up like, hey, you know you haven't won three games in a row yet, and you start thinking about it. How much of that is just can you get three wins in a row so we can quit talking about it and, and just move forward? Or do you think that's just something that we in the media like to talk about? To me, the longer some kind of minute thing like that sticks out, The more it does, kind of creep in, like, dang, we really haven't put together a three three game winning streak yet.
2: I think the longer in the season you go without that streak, the more it's going to be talked about. So again, it's really up to them. Like, this is the streak that they've done to themselves. So of course, everyone's talking about it. And honestly, I hope it is in the back of their mind because it's not something they should be proud of. Like uh, to be reigning world champs and not even win three games in a row, and you're heading towards and you're heading into June. Like, it's something they that. That should be talked about, like I said. And, yeah, I, I think it is in the back of their mind. And, really, the only way for them to get rid of that is to just win tonight. You, you win tonight, no one's going to talk about that narrative anymore. And, instead, it's, okay, what about the next game? What about the game after that? By then, you're talking about a nice little winning streak. So, it starts today. Hopefully, the Braves win and everything changes.
1: And, finally, we talk about those Mets playing out of their mind, playing above their talent level right now with a nine-and-a-half game uh, leading the division if if Snit and Alex Anthopoulos can find a way to to run down these pesky Mets and they find a way to win the division this year, regardless of what happens in the postseason, would that be their, would that be their best job as a duo, even with coming off a of World Series last year?
2: It would it would be wildly wildly impressive. I think uh, I think last year is going to take the crown, just especially for AA for those moves he made and every single piece seemed to work. But if you're able to come back from ten games down. Despite it even being June, if you're able to make that kind of comeback, and, of course, some of it's going to be haha ha mess, uh, it would still be extremely impressive because no matter what, you're still playing Major League Baseball elite talent a- across the world, right? These are the best players in all of the world. So being able to come back from that would still be wildly impressive.
0: Gurav Vidak, uh, SB Nation, Battery Power. Jordan is here on 3 and Out. Uh, Gourav, we appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. Have a good rest of your day. Hey, will do. And we'll check in with you, uh, Garoff, coming up in a, a couple of weeks, see where that Michael Harris prediction is lying. I hope he uh, continues to uh, to play well as the Braves and the Rockies coming up tonight. We've got more to cover. It's three and out. Southern again, Radio Network. Great to be here on this Friday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop. Glad you are with us. Take three coming up around the corner. They got baseball going on. Well, not right now. They don't. Had a little rain and some lightning rolling through uh, there in Statesboro. So, but Notre Dame and Texas Tech were underway. So, I would imagine just by proxy, if you want to check out Georgia Southern UNC Greensboro, going to be a little bit later tonight uh, after they get this thing restarted. So, first regional there, again, should be some good baseball there. And again, it's double double elimination to move on to the super regionals. So, that's what's in front of Georgia Southern as they have to get things started later tonight. At the
1: end of the day, Kevin, I mean, listen, 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 Georgia postseason. Georgia Tech postseason. Georgia Southern hosting theirs in Statesboro. Hey, man, a shout out to them Eagles. And I know we talked about earlier, Kevin uh, Jerry Binko, uh, AD for uh, Georgia Southern out uh, there painting. Does the weather mess up his paint? Like, man, I hey, mean, y'all, I would be, I would be, I would be furious. I'd be furious. I just painted that. Jerabeko is going. Is is definitely in for a very very long night. He will be the last person to sleep tonight, and that might be tomorrow morning when it's all said and
0: done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a long night there in uh, in Statesburg, it would appear. But again, congratulations to the yes. Eagles. Georgia playing later tonight up in Chapel Hill as they're in the uh, the UNC regional and Georgia Tech in the Knoxville uh, regional. They are playing Campbell, and well, it's not going good. Sixteen to five at last check. In that ball game, so it looks like they will be headed to the losers bracket, or 15 to eight. Excuse me, I just got the uh, the final there. They're going to head to the losers bracket, so one more loss and they are done. That it happens that quick uh, in in college baseball, so you got to be uh, there on your toes. We got take three coming up around the corner. Uh, speaking of Georgia Southern, we'll hear from Rodney Hinnan. Had a chance to talk to him earlier in the week about his ball club getting ready for this regional. That's coming up in hour number two. It's three and out. Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Hour two. Of three and out, Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop. Glad you are here on this Friday. Big weekend of college baseball going on all across uh, the country with these uh, college baseball regionals, the uh, postseason, the NCAA baseball tournament uh, going on. Georgia Tech lost in their opener; they are in the losers' bracket. Georgia plays later tonight, and Georgia Southern plays later tonight in Statesboro against UNC Greensboro. So we'll get to that coming up in just a little bit. Surprise, surprise, Ben. The SEC meetings are over, and all of a sudden we get a statement from the college football playoff board. Who would have thought that that would uh, be coming out? We'll get to that coming up uh, this hour as well. But first, shall we take three here on 3 and Out? All right, Ben, take one. We're all eagerly awaiting training camps coming back in July, but we have many camps going on now. Take one, Travis Etienne, obviously everybody – it's all exciting, man. You, you thought the the reviews were awesome for Desmond Ritter, Travis <laughs> Etienne. Well, he is fast. Woo, he can run. Yes, that's all you hear. I come out. Well, look at look at Travis Etienne. He can scoot. I mean, you forget he didn't get much playing time last mm-hmm. year with Jacksonville. legs, so he's ready to go. But he's quoted to today saying, "Look, hey, the NFL is all about matchups. All about matchups. And he would love it." If he could be like Debo Samuel, that's a big comparison to make. Love it to be like Debo Samuel. How many touches should he get each game if you're Jacksonville? I mean, I think a guy like I
1: think a guy like Travis Etienne, (laughs) I could see twenty touches. I mean, I mean both. I mean a mixture of run, uh, you know, run and uh, you know, uh, throws at him because Kevin, he, he is a weapon. Travis Eaton is a guy that, that he, he was able to utilize everything in his toolbox his last year in college, uh, was able to go out there and catch the ball out the backfield extremely well. You know what he does running, running the football. But I think about miles to feed. There's only so many, there's so many opportunities to go around. Evan Ingram, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, uh, James Robinson, right? So for me, I say 20 is more than enough because the thing about I, I compare more to an Alvin Kamara than a Debo. Debo was a first-team All-Pro at at receiver. He just also did what he did in the running game. For me, Kevin, I think 20 touches because today's NFL is doing doing more with less. You're not gonna get as many touches, not because you're not good enough, but because obviously you're coming off a a, a rookie season the way you missed the whole season. They're gonna be trying to protect you. We want a healthy Travis Etienne. You know, uh, when it gets cold and we got to pull to put the ball down, take the ball out of the air and put it on the ground. But I do like his confidence. And if you are Debo Samuels' agent, you are loving this stuff. I want as many people talking about Debo Samuels as possible because if A.J. Brown got $100 million and he's never been a first-team All-Pro to play for Philly, that means that Debo is definitely going to get his cheese. But, hey, man, shout out to Debo Samuels making an impact. Because I do, I do think a guy like uh, when I think uh, Travis, East, I think more Alvin Kamara than Debo Samuel's. But go out there, and go out there and be yourself first, uh, Travis. Before you, before you talk about what you want to be like, be yourself. I'm happy that you're healthy, and as Kevin say, that man is fast, man. Oh my God! I mean, can't nobody touch him. <laughs> so the so the confidence level is there, but I just want I want to see him back out there on the field healthy. Because if he is healthy, Kevin, and he can he can be what he was in college to go along with. With Trevor Lawrence and that big arm to go along with Christian Kirk and Zay Jones and Evan Ingram and, and Marvin and Marvin Jones and uh uh you know uh, Lavisca Chenault, they got a shot on paper they got a shot to be a really really good explosive offense.
0: Hey, I, I again I think you kind of ease him in until you find out what is wrong. I mean that's again Travis Etienne saying it, that's that's heavy heavy uh, expectations yes. on oneself. Say so, hey I I think I can be like Debo Samuel. Yeah. Or as Ben likes to say. Debo. Whoa. <laughs> I'm, I'm, mean, just saying, like, I'm just saying this, that I, I,
1: but this is this is the thing too, Kevin, right? Now, I don't like comparisons when I'm doing it. And when a, if Travis Etienne is saying, I want that type of role, well, you play running back. So you're gonna you're gonna get the touches. Catching the ball out the backfield is more than just, you know, screens these days or running a flat route. Can you get open one-on-one when they when they when they got all seams down the field as you one on one against a linebacker? Hey man, you're gonna get your shot. Doug Peterson. It's going to find a way to get Travis. Doug Peterson went to his garage. He said, do I drive to Trevor Lawrence today? Do I drive to Travis Easton? Do I drive to Evan Ingram today? Do I drive to Christian Kirk today? How about I find a way oh, to Lord. drive them all? And, one, and, and on a Sunday, I'm going to drive this one 10 miles. I'm going to bring it back. I'm going to drive this <laughs> one five miles. But he got. But and the thing is, everybody's young. 26, 25, 24. Young man, you got fresh legs. Slow down. Go out there, get, give that Jacksonville uh, faithful something to look forward to. I think you got a shot to be really good.
0: Yeah, I, hey, I understand that. Uh, moving along, I, I would say twenty twenty-five. You're still going to be sharing touches with James Robinson. Absolutely. absolutely. And it seems like, I mean, if you want to go by the Falcons model, like, hey, eight, right now. You look at, uh, <laughs> isn't that what they did with uh, Mike Davis and with and Mike Davis Mike, and um? And I seen and, and, uh, and Mike uh, Davis with the Ravens. I year
1: eight, Mike Davis. If Mike Davis go out there this year and have like
0: an eight 900-yard <laughs> season, I'm going I'm a fly the ball. I think Mike Davis there. and Cordell Patterson were getting like eight apiece, and oh, they yeah. would throw it and, to and, and
1: like I said, Cordell shows yeah. you that. Hey, man, what can you do with the touches that you have? It's the, Because if I only get, Kevin, 12, 13 touches, and they're all productive, hey, man, they'll add. They'll go from 13 to 14. But they're not going to just make you the bell, cow, especially when you're coming off, you know, a Liz Frank injury. Just get get back out of here, man, because as of right now, you're well, you fast. That young man is fast, but uh, I think Doug Pease is gonna have something nice, a nice little role for old Travis A.T.
0: Absolutely, hey, moving along, take two, Boston, they beat Golden State by twelve. Game one on the road, hey, it's not a series till somebody wins on the road. Oh, did it in game one and came back shooting to three. They kind of has been, as you said, out Golden Stated. Golden yes. State. Yes, in uh, in, in game one. Yes. All right. Is it just hey? Is it just one game? I know Draymond was out there saying hey for. For three quarters of the game, we were dominating, and somebody said, "Well, what about the the, the last quarter? Come of the game? on, you is it just one game, or are there real worries there for the Warriors?"
1: I think it's both. I
0: think it is just one game, but it should be worries. is the thing, Kevin.
1: People, you know, you got veteran experience. You got Draymond. You got Andre Iguodala. You got Steph. You got Clay. Right. You got you got Andrew Wiggins, and then you got a bunch of youngsters. I mean, you got a bunch of young dudes in Jalen Brown. You know, you got you know you you talk you talk about. Uh, you know, you talk about uh, Tatum, Tatum McCum, You talk about Marcus Smart, Defensive uh, Player of the Year. You talk about Al Horford. Sometimes Kevin being young and naive is good, because I don't. We, 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 and I don't like this. You guys don't. You you guys. The moment is too big. We we, we won the last two teams standing. And for, you know the meme of the the meme of the night. Listen, Twitter does not lose when it comes to sports events. Last night they had this picture of Steph Curry sitting on the bench saying we need KD, and another one said, uh, and a Celtics fan said, oh, we already we we already swept him, <laughs> so we already we, we already had to deal with him and Kyrie and company. I will say this, Kevin, if you're gonna lose in anything, I don't want to lose the way I win. I don't want to lose that way because this is the thing, it would come from unlikely sources. You know you got to deal with Clay. You know you got to deal with Steph. They're not gonna splash brothers, right? You know threes was raining, all of a sudden Steph. I think in, I think he had like thirty some points. Twenty some came in the first quarter. I think down the stretch, you know, I think he had thirteen points the rest of the, in, the whole, in the entire second half. And and the three ball wasn't going. What was what was what makes the Celtics dangerous is Al Horford draining threes. Al Horford? Yeah, that Al Horford. That boy won championships in the early two thousands in college. So a lot of these boys, he's like the elder statesman on this team. So I think what it is is. Tatum is your superstar. Him and Jalen Brown are one of the best duos. Marcus Smart is your defensive presence. Al Horford is supposed to be that veteran leader. He's out there getting buckets. That boy ain't got, he ain't got no celebration or whatever. But when he's <laughs> shooting that thing, Stephanie looking like, what's going on? Oh, yeah. When the unlikely of sources is the one that you didn't game plan for and that's the one beating you, that makes any team hard. And listen, man, shout out to the Celtics head coach. I mean, the first, I mean, what? The first, I mean, in his first year, people thought, oh, my God, man, is he going to be a in the freaking finals. Hey, now go to the state yeah. ain't going to go Kevin, you know just like I know, they will not go quietly into the night. But the last thing I want to do as a <clears throat> older player is have to deal with a bunch of young guys who still got 10, 10 years at least left in the NBA when I'm on the, I'm in the twilight of mine. Don't let LeBron fool you. Ain't nobody playing no 20 years. Y'all need to cut that out. <laughs> so, but but I, I, I it is one game, but it is cause for concern because they said, "Hey man, they shoot threes, we shoot three. Let's let's see who let's see who and the Celtics did not – the Celtics trailed the whole game. First quarter, second quarter, third quarter. Look at the final score. That, I, that should be a concern.
0: I'm going to go the other way and say it is just one game and say while well, I do think, you know, Draymond had a maybe simplistic view at the end of this. Like, hey, we dominated most of the game, it got away from us, certain things we can fix. I get it. I also think what the, the Celtics were like 17 of 24 from three. Yeah. I, I, that's not going to continue. No. I mean, I, and again, I, I think that's one of those where if I'm going to say, I'm like, look. They got otherworldly hot from three, like really hot from three, doing what we do to a lot of people where it's a tight game, and then all of a sudden, you know, Clay and Steph are boop, 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 and all of a sudden you're going, it, it was close. Now it's a nine-point ball game. And I think uh, the Celtics, I, I don't see that continuing uh, if, 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 I'm, if I'm Golden State. Look, if I get beat because the Celtics are out there looking like the second coming of the Splash Brothers, I guess that's something I can deal with, and I'll try to adjust in, but I, I just don't see them being that team uh, the rest of the way. All right, Ben, moving on. Take three. We like the Ode to the Holidays. Today is World Bicycle Day. When's the last time you rode a bike?
1: In a minute. I'm not going to lie. Do you been remember? A oh, I, I, I can't remember last time. Ten years? Probably. Twenty years? No, I ain't been twenty. <laughs> I, I say ten. Uh, Kevin, and you know what's sad about that is? You know, once again, you know. We you know when you grew up when you grew up in the '80s man that's what we did. Sure, that's run, what I'm run, saying. Run, like like that now I will say this: the bike that changed it all was not the mountain bike. It was the old BMX that had the little gear on it. It had the little gear on it like this. Yeah, it, it had a little like it had like a little. And, and and now for me and my brother we thinking man you know what, man we 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 bike specialists we let's let's race. Man that boy hit that gear and I said wait hold you just, yeah I just hit the gear that thing go but. I, I, I'm kind of ashamed of myself because there are certain things that I, I should have never gotten away from. Riding a bike is one of them. Now, I will say this. <clears throat> the heat definitely makes it a little bit more challenging to get sure. up on that bike. But when you talk about just you getting exercise and enjoyment at the same time, and it's one of those things where, too, when it comes to my kids, they think they can outdo me and everything, which I'm going to cheat them. They're not going to beat me until <laughs> I say so. But, Kevin, it's like it's like – we I grew up in a time to where you know BMX biking and doing tricks on bikes and riding on the handlebars and having the two little things you can you can stand up on the back of you I, so yeah. but it, but it, but yeah ten years and I, and I feel ashamed about it you know I'm gonna have to go to one of these department stores see if they see <laughs> so I can find me old Huffy you know what I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> for back in the day yeah, I still
0: got I still got mine now I think my kid rides it it's been a, I think about a year or so since I've ridden a bike and uh, no I was hey I'm with you man. That's I, I hate running, so biking is it for me, man. If I can get out on a bicycle, don't have to run, you get some enjoyment out of it. There is no enjoyment in running. Like even people who run a lot are like they don't look like they enjoyed it. When they get to there. they're like, Oh, thank God it's over. Like they, they do it for hell I get it. Riding a bike can be fun. But yeah, I'm back like in the day we used to build little ramps and stuff and you know, try to go off and jump curbs and all that kind of stuff as kids. Oh, you know, try, oh thinking oh, that's, we were that's, you know that's, out that's there trying I to I mean
1: to me, like I said, too, waking up, saying Friday night, you're like, you like, say, man, t- tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow, where we meeting up at? Got a whole yeah. got a whole bunch of kids, and some kid come out there with a helmet on. Like, man, take the helmet
0: <laughs> no, off, man. Yeah, we were uh, in our neighborhood. We had a, uh, as a kid, there was a gigantic kill. And I, when I say, like, gigantic kill, like, it was pretty steep, and I'm, I'm not exaggerating. It was over. Like, if we got to the top of this thing and got your momentum going— it was probably at least a, a, a over a quarter mile long. Like it's you know straight down and it bottoms out of the hill and it went back up on the other side in, inside the neighborhood. So we used to get up there at the top and just say, "Who's going to hit the brakes first? And you'd see, that bike would start going. You're like, "Whoa, oh, <laughs> And then it was all right. Now who wants to go all the way back to the top? And that was well, that wasn't I mean, that wasn't mean, as much fun it, it as, was, uh, as it was I mean,
1: and, and look, I mean, the, the greatest thing ever. I mean, learning how to do a wheelie. You know, just seeing how far you, seeing how far you can, you can do it. We had like a, we we stayed in, uh, in these apartments, and you know, we was in Swainsboro, and um, it's like it had like it had like a little dirt. It's like this big old dirt pit. It was uh, that orange dirt went down a little bit. And the thing is, you know, you always got a kid that know how to do a little bit more tricks than everybody else, man. And I'm like, look, I wasn't a trickster. I'm not gonna lie, I wasn't a trickster type. But at the same time, bike riding was my thing, man. I mean, I remember when. You know, it used to be so many bikes to wear. Back when I'm gonna say, back when you didn't have to lock your bike up, you could <laughs> just put it in now, please. But you you drop it, it in your fringe yard boy. and then absolutely, where you man, go. absolutely. I mean, trying to beat them streetlights on, you're like, ah. and you like, and you, <laughs> you jump, you jump over. The, you, listen, you jump over, uh, you jump over the curb, slam the bike on the ground, run through the door. Your mom like, yeah, because you,
0: yeah, yeah, got two more minutes. <laughs> 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 and you were gonna be a trouble. Absolutely. Hey, that's take three. We do it every day at this time. We've got more to come here. It is three and out. Baseball going on in Statesboro. I just saw they were set to start back a little bit after five with Notre Dame and Texas Tech. So Georgia Southern going to be a little bit later getting started tonight there with UNC Greensboro. We will hear from Georgia Southern's head baseball coach, Rodney Hinnon, next here at 3 and Out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Along here on 3 and Out, Kevin Thomas and Ben Troop coming up this weekend. Going to be a big time in Statesboro as the Eagles set to host a baseball regional for the first time. Notre Dame, Texas Tech, UNC Greensboro – all coming in to Statesboro and Ben joining us here uh, on the show. Here's the top of our number three, the head baseball coach of the Georgia Southern Eagles, 40 and 18 on the season. Rodney Hennon joins us. Coach, welcome. How are you? Oh, doing great. Doing
3: great. Hope you guys are doing well. And I appreciate y'all having me on.
0: Hey, we appreciate you taking some time and, uh, and joining us. I know you've been doing it a long time in Statesboro. How special is this group of guys to uh, – to keep fighting and get you guys a a regional there in statesboro
3: well you know yesterday was a special day for our program and and certainly for this group of kids this year um you know i I can't say enough about this group of, of young men um you know it's just been a joy to coach these guys every day um you know kind of the the hallmark, I guess, of, of this group, this team, is is they show up every day ready to work. Um, they play hard and compete
2: for for
3: nine innings, more than that, if that's what it takes, uh, every day. And you know, I think people that have followed us this year, you know, have have enjoyed uh, you know the way these guys play the game, and you know they've worked awful hard to put ourselves in this position, and. You know, this time of the year, this is where you want to be. You just want to have an opportunity to play your way to Omaha and, and beginning Friday, you know, we'll get that opportunity. And the fact that we're able to do it here uh, in State Spur and in front of our fans, uh, that's pretty special.
1: Coach, winning 40 games is not something that happens every day in baseball, especially in college baseball. Talk about the ebbs and flows of the season. I obviously topped it off with hosting the regional, but you talk about how your guys just come to work, ready to work every day, but – 40 wins, that's a great testament to you know the hard work and dedication these guys put in the season. Yeah, no, no
3: question. I mean, the college season is a grind. Um, you know, you, you're talking 56 games and, you know, the, the, the travel and, and these guys obviously balancing uh, the demands of, of academics and, and, uh, and the season itself. And, uh, you know, we, we try to play a competitive schedule every year. Um, our, our league is very good. Um, you know, I think, uh, testament to that is the fact that we've got four teams in the regionals, uh, this year and, and our league is only going to continue to get better, uh, with some of the additions, um, that'll begin next year. Uh, and, and again, outside the league, we always try to play a tough schedule. I, I think that prepares you for league play and, and, also, also think it gives you an opportunity to build a resume and, and this year for us, uh, I think it helped, one, the strength of our league and, and also uh, teams in our state uh, had good seasons and uh, we had a strong RPI. But, you know, again, the key is, um, you know, being, being able to show up ready to play every day and, and being able, you know, when you get knocked down, uh, being able to get back up. And, and that's one thing this team has done a great job of this year. You know, when we've dropped some tough games here, or there, you know, they've been able to turn the page and, and uh, you know, and, and, and bounce back. It's a very resilient group. And, um, you know, we were able to win, win 40 games against, uh, you know, one of the more competitive schedules that we've played.
0: Rodney Hinnon, Georgia Southern head baseball coach, joining us here on 3 and Out. And was there a moment during the season where you thought, man, we're pretty good? Uh, we we're we're gonna have a good chance to make the uh, the NCAA tournament. And was there another moment where you thought we might actually have a chance to stay at home uh, in Statesboro at the at the end of the day? Do you do you remember a specific moment in the season where you thought, hey, some of this stuff might be in the cards for us?
3: Well, you, you know, I'm always real careful. Uh, you don't want to get ahead of yourself too much. this game will humble you uh, in, in a hurry. Um, but Yeah, you know, I did sense that that we had a chance to do some special things uh, this year. You know, we we went through a lot of adversity early in the season. Um, You know, we opened up uh, in in Knoxville, and, and, you know, if if you would have told us on that bus ride home that Sunday when we left Knoxville we were going to be hosting a regional, I, I don't know how many people would have believed you, at that point. But again, I think that speaks to the resiliency of this team. I mean, uh, we, we came home and, and got a big win against Georgia tech and our, in our home opener. Um, then we lost a couple of guys, um, that following weekend when we played a, a really good central Florida team here. Uh, so we're sitting there two and five, uh, at, at that point. But, but then that's when we started, uh, you know, we had some comeback wins not long after that. Um, I remember a home series against Miami, I think three one-run games, in which we came back, I think, in each of those games to, to win. And, um, you know, started to get a little confidence. And, and um, you know, guys, uh, I think, started believing, and, and we got on a little bit of a roll. And then, you know, uh, we, we had a really tough stretch. Schedule-wise within our league, we had back-to-back weekends on the road at Louisiana and then at Texas State. And I think going out to San Marcos and and winning two or three games against a a really good Texas State team that won won 26 games in our league this year, uh, we really, I think, got some momentum heading into the second half of the season uh, at at that point. And, uh, And, again, guys just did a good job of, just taking it one game at a time and you know when we dropped a couple here or there uh they were able to bounce back and and just play good consistent baseball you know down the stretch to to put ourselves in this position
1: and coach when you i mean you talk about the ebbs and flows of the season what what was it like like what is it like getting the call or realize look we the goal is to make it to the tournament as we know to get to Oklahoma, omaha but what is it like knowing we're hosting a regional i mean that's very very Prestigious. I mean a lot of teams out there, only sixty four gonna make it in to know that you're one of the hosts, did you get the call? Did you did you watch it on television? What was that feeling like when you got the call say, hey, uh, you know, uh Notre Dame, uh Texas Tech, they're coming to Statesboro.
3: Yeah, well it's you know, they're there are only sixteen host sites, so that's that's pretty special. Um, you know, to be one of those, you know, sixteen hosts, um, no no question. Uh actually, you know, we we were on the bus, you know, heading back from Montgomery. You know, we lost a, a heartbreaker uh, in the championship game to Louisiana, um, and I, I know how bad our kids wanted to win that Sun Belt championship on Sunday, and 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 it stung. And 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 one thing about this group, um, they they hate to lose. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, weekend game, midweek game, or championship game—it it really hurts this group to lose. Um, and 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 so it was a pretty somber bus ride heading out of Montgomery. I, I talked to them after the game and and just trying to pick them up. Hey, fellas, as bad as it hurts right now, you know the bigger prize is in front of us, and and we've got a lot to play for. We got to turn the page. Um, you know, but it was a pretty somber ride home, and then the announcement came out, uh, you know, at 8.30 on Sunday night. And, uh, you know, it went from somber to, uh, to elation and a heartbeat. Guys uh, hugging, slapping each other, high-fives. Uh, so that was a nice, uh, nice shot in the arm for us on Sunday night. And, um, you know, the guys, they're, they're excited about the opportunity we have in front of us this weekend.
0: Rodney Hennon joining is here head baseball coach at Georgia Southern where do you feel the, the strength of your team is now heading into into the postseason
3: well I, I think you know looking at the regular season and I, I mentioned it earlier I think we, we've been a very consistent baseball team um, and I think a lot of that starts with our defense um, you know we've've we've, we've got an older group of position players Um and you know, we've played really good defense throughout the year. I think we're fielding nine eighty two at the end of the regular season, which is somewhere in the top fifteen, top twenty in the country. Um, and our bullpen has has been has been steady for us um most of the year. And as we've played, I, I think you've seen the bats heat up, especially uh the last month of the season, you know, down the stretch so. Uh, this is the time of the year where you want to be playing your best baseball, obviously, and, and I feel like we've got better as the season has gone along, and you know we're certainly going to need to uh, to play well this weekend,
1: coach. When you talk about when you talk about the personality of a team, obviously you want to be playing your best baseball going into the postseason. As you guys are, you mentioned you know the heartbreaker coming back, you know from Alabama to get the news, uh, you know on Sunday night. But is there is there is there a, is there a certain personality trait that you look for in a, in a player? not necessarily like going into the postseason but saying look you know your team better than anybody else and obviously being a coach you have to read mannerisms you have to read body language is there something that you see in your team to say if they're ready or not ready to play yeah you know
3: every day you're watching guys and the thing about baseball you know we're at the ballpark three hours before start time on on a normal game day when at least when we're at home and so you're always just observing, you know, um, guys their mannerisms and um, you know this team. I, I tell you, for me this year, uh, I've had to do very little. The best thing I, you know, had to do is just stay out of the way. Um, again, I, I, I touched on it earlier. These guys, they it's a very unselfish group. All they're concerned about is winning ball games. Every day they show up at the ballpark. They're not concerned about stats. They're not concerned about draft status. Uh, they're not concerned about who gets the credit, and and that's the thing that I've, as a coach, enjoyed and appreciated the most about this team. There is really strong leadership on this team. Um, they hold each other accountable, and and again, uh, for me, I've just tried to stay out of the way, be consistent with a message throughout the year. And, and this team has just taken a lot of pride in competing every day. Um, they, play, they play hard. They, they play with a lot of passion. And, and I think that's one thing that, that our fans have really appreciated probably most about this team is just how hard they play.
0: Coach, I want to ask you about a couple of your players, including one from uh, you know our local area, out of uh, you know Savannah Christian, Jarrett Brown, and uh, hit over three hundred thirty-six RBIs for you. Talk about what he's meant uh, to your baseball team this year.
3: Well, Jarrett, um, you know he he continues to to develop and and and, and improve, and you know I, I talked about our defense earlier. Um, you know he, he's. He's he's as good as anyone I've ever had over there defensively at third base. Um, You know, he's rangy, covers a lot of ground. He's got great hands. He's got a strong, accurate arm. Uh, He comes in on the slow roller very well. So he's a big part of our defense, and he's continued to develop as a hitter. Uh, You mentioned hitting over three hundred. He's had some big hits for us uh, throughout the year, you know, broke open. Uh, the semifinal game on Saturday with a big uh, um, two run single against Troy and actually hit a sack fly in the championship game to give us the lead um, you know late in the game against Louisiana. So you know Jarrett, uh works hard um, you know and, and and again, he's he's been a big part of our success and a big part of our defense in the infield.
0: Coach wanted to ask you about one more aspect before we let you go ahead of the uh, the regional this weekend, and obviously you've been around baseball long enough to know great pitching can take you a long way. How do you feel about your your pitching? Look at some of the stats. I think you got three or four guys sub three in the ERA category. Ty Fisher, uh, two eight seven as a starter for you, very impressive. How do you feel about your pitching and your your pitching depth as you get ready for the big weekend?
3: Well, I I feel good going in. You know, Ty's done. Uh, done a great job for us all year um you know we we lost him for about two weeks um you know he actually took a line drive off the face uh, against central florida the friday night game against ucf and and fractured some bones in his face and you know this will tell you by ty you know the next the next morning you know the next day he's in the dugout in full uniform um you know, two weeks later, he's taken the mound in our first conference series against App State. And I can't tell you what kind of impression that made on his teammates. Um, you know, just, you know, that toughness that he brings uh, to our team. And, you know, he's done a really good job in that Friday night slot going deep for us um, in, in ball games. And, you know, he's one of those guys, whether he's got his best stuff or not, has a knack for – for putting you in position and giving your, giving your team a chance to win. Uh, So he'll, he'll get the ball uh, in the first game against Greensboro. And then Jay Thompson has been our go-to guy to of the bullpen. Um, You know, he has the ability to, to bounce back and, and throw, you know, um, on consecutive days. And, um, you know, he's, he's kind of been our anchor and, and our leader in the bullpen and, you know, a senior in Hayden Harris is a guy that's, that stepped up uh, here down the stretch for us, um, you know, and gave us a, a big outing uh, on Saturday over in Montgomery against Troy. So I, I feel good, you know, about our pitching staff. And, again, I think our bullpen has been has been pretty steady and, and been a strength for us this year. So, um, you know, we feel good heading in.
0: Rodney Hinnon, Georgia Southern head baseball coach joining us here on 3 and Out. And the regional begins on Friday, Georgia Southern hosting Notre Dame, Texas Tech, and UNC Greensboro there in Statesboro. Coach, really appreciate the time. Best of luck. Thanks so much.
3: Okay, guys. Appreciate y'all having me on.
0: Appreciate it. Rodney Hennon joining us here, head baseball coach there at Georgia Southern. Big weekend upcoming for those Eagles and played a lot of great baseball this year. As you mentioned, they started out at Tennessee, one of the best teams in the country, 0-3. And he said nobody would have figured, and since that point, 40-15 uh, playing some great baseball There in Statesboro. We'll come back with more. It's 3 and Out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here, 3 and Out, on this Friday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, glad you are with us. Thanks for making us a part of your day. So much to get to, uh, still to come on the program. But, Ben, no surprise, SEC meetings are done. And within uh, not much time, after, you know, Greg Sankey is done, we get stories from the college football Board, college football playoff board, saying, yeah, we want to uh, make sure that we get the uh, expansion talks back up and running pretty quickly so that we have a have some kind of a, a system set in place by next summer, i.e., because when they're going to start renegotiating the college football playoff, what it's going to look like, and obviously, remember, SEC Media Days uh, started kind of the week prior with Greg Sankey saying, hey, we're going to talk about everything, including, you know, What if we just did the SEC uh, playoff ourselves? What if we just did an SEC-only playoff? And a lot of people said, what are you talking about? And Greg Sankey was very upset, obviously, that they had put in a bunch of work to try to put together a coalition of people and ADs who said, hey, we want to expand this thing. They thought they were heading towards a 12-game model, and then when it came time to vote, nobody put their name to it. And everybody kind of backed out, and I think that kind of uh, left Greg Sankey Feeling some kind of way. And so going in there. And now all of a sudden SEC meetings are over and we're going to talk about a twelve game playoff again and potentially uh a a sixteen team model. So then it seems like twelve it's gonna happen. For all the yacht, uh, we shut it down. No, it's it's going to happen. I just I
1: just think that for me, for me, Kevin, it, it comes down to this. We talk about Greg Sankey, him being the most powerful you know, uh, man in our college sports. Sure. We talk about the SEC being the most powerful conference in college sports. Kevin, the college football world had, uh, had all eyes on the SEC coming out of these meetings. Because they were saying, all right, what is the SEC going to do? Think about it. NIL? No. Transfer portal? No. Greg Sankey went to a meeting, and he didn't, and he didn't walk out. We've all been in meetings before to where – there's always a person in a meeting to where you say to yourself, we don't want to make this person mad. When he walked out, when he went up there with our Mr. Hancock, they laughed at him. Man, get out of here, man. We're going gonna to stick with <laughs> four. That's how y'all feel? Yeah. All right. What's going to happen? Because this, this is the thing. What's but it gonna, seems like it's not staying at four. Like, no, no, no. Hey, no. Kevin, look, 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 look. We're going to NC Media Days this year. We're going to get Mr. Hancock. He's it's like, it's like, it's, it's like he's contractually obligated. <laughs> Sit down with us. And you go, no, 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 no. You know how this goes. The first question. Because uh, he always – and Kevin, that's what it was, right? You would always ask him, are we going to go to – are we going to – first, I don't know if you give a number. Is it six? Is it Maybe he used to say no because he goes, no, we're not going to go six. We're not going to go eight. We're going to go 12. Because this is the thing, right? It's about programming. It's about matchups. It's so many bowl games now that we can't – if somebody go for $1 million, name every bowl game there is. I <laughs> – Man, yeah, you can't do it. You can't. So I think what happens is, Kevin, it's like this: you want a true representation of college football. There's, excuse me, we talked about basketball got a tournament, baseball got a tournament, track. If you if you're the fastest, it doesn't matter. Football, we get four, four, and people go, oh, well, look at the matchup. Okay, so Michigan and Cincinnati couldn't beat Georgia and Alabama. How many teams can do that? Ohio State is good enough to do it because we've seen them do it. Clemson is good enough to do it. So what if you got – and I think what 12 does is, it makes it so that, look, it's it's almost like we know how good you are because, Kevin, you always say this. If you're the big, bad SEC, shouldn't be a bunch of uh, uh, undefeated teams running around, right? But I think what Greg Sankey understands is this. Perception is what we have. Yeah. We could throw out a, we could throw out a bunch of, oh, I'm going to take my oh, ball and go yeah. home. But at the end of the day, Greg Sankey knows, look, we are stronger – we we are the most
0: sure. powerful conference when you compare us to the other four. But if we had there by ourselves. Oh no, I get it. I, I i just found it very interesting. SEC meetings are over. <laughs> hey, we're gonna uh, we're gonna discuss uh, explaining the uh <laughs> of course, the we college football play. We're just, football football
1: we were just yeah. gonna put that out. Yeah. Oh, just, it just happens to fall under the day after the meeting yeah. is over and we are waiting, waiting, we
0: waiting for our time to uh to, to see if we can make that happen. Let's go into the phones here. Uh quickly, we've got uh AC listening to us and wants to hop in here. A C, what's up? Well, thank you so much for taking my call. How you guys doing? Good afternoon. Hey, we're doing good. Perfect. Well, first of all, I want to give a
2: shout out to your producer, Mr. PJ. Well, you're doing a great job, brother. Keep it up. So there goes a shout out. <laughs> shout out to the boys, of course, doing the show. Hey, you got to appreciate, man. You cannot just call the show and say whatever you want. Of so course, you got to show appreciation. Thank you so much for taking my call. You got to, it's a human interaction. I'm going to make it simple and quick as possible. My question is. Where do you see Urban Meyer coaching in college? Let's face it, guys. He did not do anything in the NFL. but record shows he's
0: perfect 1-0 undefeated in the nightclub. <laughs> <laughs> hey, AC, look, I, I'll be honest. I do not see Urban Meyer coaching in college uh, 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 again. Because, again, where does Urban Meyer want to go? I don't see Urban Meyer as a guy. And, Ben, I could be wrong. But there are certain coaches when they get to the end of the career like, okay, I was away. And I'll do the Gus Malzahn thing where I'll go to a Central Florida. Okay, why? Because a lot less stress. They're paying me my money. Where I mean, Urban Meyer wants to go where he can win a championship. Well, how many programs are that uh, does that consist of right now? What about six? I don't think any of those are going to be looking for coaches anytime soon. If they are, I don't think they're going to hire him. So I'm going to say he won't.
1: I I could, I could agree more. I think I think at the end of the day, AC. Look, I, I, while well, I can appreciate the fact that Urban Meyer is still a big name in, in, as far as the college ranks, but this is the thing: it passes all of us by. You're only as you're only as good as the last time we saw you. You got to build on momentum. And as you mentioned, Kevin, Florida, he did his thing. Ohio State, he did his thing. So he wanted to be one of, on on one of the biggest brands in whatever division he was in. Ohio State, they're not welcoming him back. He's not going to go to Michigan. Florida, they ain't welcome him back. He's not going to go to Florida State. Georgia, nope. So as far as like a brand, it, there's not a brand out there that's going to be willing to say, look, man, you scared us to death of what we just saw you do. Like, I was willing to forget what you did Ohio State because at least you got a winning track record. I was willing to forget what you did in Florida because you had a winning track record. What you did in Jacksonville, wow. And now, Kevin, it becomes I don't want to be that team to bring and not, not, And hand. I would
0: say what you did in Jacksonville – off the field yes. as well as on the field, as yes. you said.
1: And, and, and listen, in a, in a world, in a, in a world that's gravitating away from, you know, the, listen, he is, the, he will still be, you know, the creme de la creme on campus. But you start saying to yourself, Is it worth what we got to deal with just to bring him in? Do we want to win that bad? And and the thing about it is, is if it's going to twelve, we don't need him. Like think about that's it. it's true. It going yeah. to Twelve teams. Well, we don't really need Urban. Speaking anymore.
0: of winning in the club, you open the club up to more teams to get in there. I, I agree. I hey, agree. man, Urban Mike is on the phone,
1: man. Tell him I'm not here. Yeah, we got <laughs> we to
0: step here. aside. We'll come back. I want to continue the conversation about that because about the playoffs expanding and what that could mean for college football because now that's reopened, I think SEC flexed, and now all of a sudden we got to get this done by next summer. We got more to come. It's three and out, Southern Pinkscreen Radio Network. Good to have you back here on 3 and Out on this Friday. Again, if you are uh, unable to listen constantly, hey, you can listen to us or watch us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Go to our YouTube channel, at ESPN Coastal, and you can catch the show. You can catch Second Down uh, there as well. If you missed the show altogether, you can go back and watch the uh, the replay. Uh, plus, you get to see Ben and myself. That is, I mean, has there ever been a finer-looking pair? Nope. Of guys doing a radio show than the two of us. Nope. I mean, come on.
1: Not unless our dads did some radio and we ain't nobody. I mean, that's, that's about the best I can on. You know, unless, you're, you know, I'm asking my dad when I got a the show, did you and uh, Kevin's dad uh, we, uh, yeah. do a show? Like, yeah, we did a show, you know. And so yeah. the
0: second best-looking uh, guys to do the show. No, hey, look, we got so much more to come in the final hour. But if you missed the show, ESPNCoastal.com, at ESPNCoastal, uh, find us there on uh, on Twitter. Uh, as well, and you can catch What You Missed or watch us live there on our YouTube channel. We'll come right back. One more hour to go here. It's 3 and Out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Final hour here of 3 and Out on this Friday as you get ready for a big weekend. Braves and Rockies coming up later tonight. Dare I say, going for three in a row, as I've said many a time before uh, today. Ben, we'll talk more about that coming up in just a little bit. The SEC meetings have ended in Destin. No Real changes uh, coming out of that. They're going to keep talking about it, but what could it mean if they do change? They're going to have to change the scheduling protocols, obviously, because of two teams coming in. But who does that benefit when you ditch the divisions? We'll talk about that in a little bit. But, Ben, as we said, look, the College Football Playoff Board issued a statement today saying, look, we want to come out, we want to get the discussions about expansion ramped back up. Okay, so we couldn't come to an agreement on 12. Now we're about to start it back up, and they want something done by next summer. Why? Because the summer after that, the contract is up, right? So we have to get something moving in the right direction. A lot of these conferences, SEC wants to know what the deal is, certainly with expanded uh, conference. Hey, we have 16 teams. I'm sure Greg says, hey, we got 16 teams. We're going to end up with, I mean, off the top of my head, then eight, nine teams in the top 25 potentially, uh, depending on how this thing plays out. How many can how many we get in there? How many can we get in there? We're going to talk about this. And it's not going to be, if you stick at four, again, we said from the beginning, that just doesn't work to me. If you're, going to, if, you're, if you're going to keep this together as the Power 5 conferences and the G5, and Notre Dame's going to do their own thing, that's four slots for five Power conferences plus Notre Dame plus everybody else. When the SEC gets two, all right, start cutting up the pie. You, you figure it out. If we ordered a pizza bin... And we got here, and I said, hey, here's a pizza for the office. Oh, I'm going to take half of it, and the rest of y'all can have what's left. I mean, y'all going to be sitting there looking at me going, how do I get another slice? Well, how do you get another slice? You add add another pizza, Mm -hmm. right? You you add more. So uh, I think that's what is going to happen. I mean, Greg Sankey, I think, I never heard much serious discussion coming out this week from Destin about... Hey, would we go it alone? I think that was just a veiled threat. And it, I, I just, again, it's comical to me. As soon as the SEC meetings are over, you get a story out there saying, yeah, we're going to ramp it up to expand this thing to 12. Greg's mad, everybody. We should have listened to Greg when he said we wanted 12. And I think he was rightfully so. A lot of, uh, I think, the Mississippi State uh, Athletic Director came out and said, look, we thought we had a consensus building towards moving this thing to 12. And then at the end, nobody, everybody who said they were on board, Voted no. yeah, And so you go, wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. You said you were with us. And now you come, it comes time to put pen to paper and you say no. I think at the end of the day, we're going to get it. We're going to get an expanded playoff. He said, look, there's going to be a 16-team model. I think that's probably too much. Um, but, uh, but again, I will, I will argue with the folks who say that, you know, hey, it waters down college football. I, I'm, I'm sorry. You have two very important games in the postseason. We have bowl games. People are like, oh, I love bowl games. I do. You know what I would love more? More games that matter in the postseason. I don't care about the every game matters in the regular season nonsense because that's not true. Mm -hmm. When more teams have a chance to make it to the postseason, more games matter. Uh, Again, there's a reason why MLB and NFL and NHL the NBA have all gone into, hey, can we expand the postseason? Is it because they're like, hey, we want to diminish the regular season? No. It means more teams more fan bases have a reason to watch us in the regular season if we are competing to get in the playoffs. The end. And so, in college football, again, as Ben has said, we have 130 teams. We're talking about 12. It's not the end-all, be-all, you no. know, going to kill college football. No. And, and let's face it, the BCS killed a lot of bowl games in terms of interest. The college football playoff, I think, pretty much punched them right in the face. Uh, because if you go to bowl games, I mean, what's the first thing here? Oh, man. It's the Outback Bowl. For like the third time in five years, oh man, we're going to there again. It's the and, and fan bases have gotten quite frankly, and I know that's not the point. You get these you know these forced ticket buys, but have you seen the actual physical show up attendance to some of these things? It's rough. So I think for the most part, bowl games are nice, but they're exhibitions. They don't they they they, they don't matter. And I think if you're going to tell the average college football fan, hey, if we just did away with several bowl games and had more playoff games would you be in favor of that i think most people would why because most people at the end of the day don't care about the the independence bowl does it have a long-standing tradition yes Yes. it does do people care about it now no why because it's acc6 against sec7 and teams that are six and six and again that's just the i'm not saying that's just the reality of it if we want to hand out exhibition games at the end of the year fine i don't care I mean, we've we've made a mockery of it anyway with five and seven teams getting there. Play as many as you want. But I do think expanding the playoffs, you you see it right now. Meetings are over. Within the hour, boom, we're talking about expanding playoffs again. You don't think Greg had, Sankey had something to do with that urgency? So, Ben, I think it's headed that way. We're going to see more teams in. Why? Because I think more teams playing in a playoff generally – is a good thing. I think there is a tipping point, like we've seen in some sports, like the NBA. I'm sorry not to go on a monologue here, uh-huh. where you could say, okay, that's almost oh, it's over half the league. Well, I mean, we're talking about 10%. Not even 10% no. of college football yeah. would, would, would get into the playoffs. So I, I think you look at it with other sports, it's the chase, it's the get-me-there. The NFL playoffs. Were the Cincinnati Bengals the, the best team in the league last year? Were they the second-best team in the league? But they got in, and we got to see, you know, playoffs happen, games that matter, and people tuned in. Now, if we'd have had Tampa Bay and uh, the Rams, or Tampa Bay, Green Bay, and Cincinnati and, I don't know, Kansas City, and then we said, hey, and the Atlanta Falcons, the Jags, they get to play on January 3rd. What are they doing? They're just playing. You would look around and go, what are we talking about? And I think that's where we're at with college football. We're starting over the last few months to treat everything like big business. NILs, I mean, I think we've been treating it like big business anyway, but now it's like, hey, players are getting deals. Our players are getting compensated? Can we do something for all the players? Can we do this? Nobody is really cracking down on it. Why can't we just have an expanded playoff? And again, I think to me, the way this has headed, been, if I'm a fan, okay, I get to go to the – I guess the the, the Outback Bowl or it used to be the Citrus Bowl or whatever Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. again. And if we're not in the playoffs, hey, I'm Tennessee. We're going to Jacksonville again (laughs) for the Gator Bowl. No, I'm saying, but like you you see a lot of teams go to the same form of bowl games. It's like you're going there again versus, hey, there's two weeks left. We're not going to win the SEC. We could be the 12th seed. You don't think that creates more interest? Absolutely. I think it does. And again, I, I, I don't see how it's going to ruin anything to give us more than three games at the end of the year uh, that matter. If you want to argue conference championship games or elimination games, fine, we don't treat them that way. Everybody, you know, Ben, I, I'm, again, I'm on the soapbox here. But we don't treat them that way. No. Georgia lost to Alabama. Did it matter? Nope. It's our way so, I mean, t-
1: predestined.
0: So, I mean, I, I just look at it and say I don't see the point we, we, we love the NCAA tournament. Yeah. There's not but about six teams that are probably good enough to be standing at the end, but we love it. And there's 64 teams in there because that's the one drawback, Then you always hear, oh, so-and-so. I mean, come on. Come on. Utah can't win the national championship. Why I don't not? care about that. It's a it's a win or go home. Of the course. pressure's on that other team. Of to, if Utah can't win it, go beat them. Of course. And so I think that's why we love it. I'm sorry. And, that,
1: no, 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 no. But you make, you make a great point. The thing about it is this. The variety creates parity. When you talking when you're talking about college, college athletics, football is the only sport we're talking about. Georgia Southern hosting a regional. Why? Because they won their conference, and they're and it's baseball. Is either
0: when well, they win their conference, they they, what, what they 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 earned are, it sorry, through they, they, yeah, they, yeah,
1: yeah they came up uh, one game. I mean they they, they lost. earned it through the, yeah, the yeah, RPI exactly. and all that yeah. But they hosting a regional. That that's really when you are showing. Look, man, we ain't showing favors, man. We're awarding really really good teams, right? Sixty four of them. Basketball, we award sixty-four teams, right? When you talk about we can talk about uh, track, every other sport, football, four, it doesn't that doesn't make any sense. In the state of Georgia, we got what? Seven different districts in football, only seven teams gonna win it, right? But everybody knows, hey man, we in this district. We know we got to yeah. run the gauntlet, right? So while it doesn't seem fair, it really is. You got your regular season, if you're good enough, you make it to the postseason, anything can happen. Twelve teams in college football should be standard. When you talk about you talk about the conferences, you talk about geographically, you talk about awarding teams. Like you said, Kevin, look. Yes, right now the SEC is getting half of the pie. There's a lot of hungry people in these meetings. It's a lot. It's a lot of conferences saying, "Wait a minute, man! Like we don't mean nothing over here." And think about twenty twenty one. The two teams not named Alabama and Georgia. It wasn't Ohio State. It wasn't a Clemson. It was Michigan and it was Cincinnati. Now, Michigan finally beat Ohio State. So Michigan got in because they finally won the Big Ten. They finally beat Ohio State. They get in. Cincinnati had to go undefeated. No, Cincinnati had to lose to Georgia last, the previous year, <laughs> yeah. right? And go and beat Notre Dame the next year and go undefeated. I just think that when you think about college football, you won't parody. Now, when Nick Saban was talking about parity, I don't think he was talking about twelve teams, but that's what he should have meant. Because Kevin, when you think about it, you got five P fives, uh Uh-uh. and only really only three of no, 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 only two of the P fives got in in twenty twenty one. Right, only two. So it used to be the rest three. of them
0: are holding their hand down and going, "Where's my, where's my so cut?"
1: I, I, and what it does too, man, you get automatic qualifiers, right? I mean, you get you get you get you know you get automatic bids. But it's 12. If I'm going into the college football season and I'm saying 12 teams are getting in, what? Sure. Now, I'm not saying that it makes football better, right? It makes the games better. It don't mean that they're going to play I don't play think much- it makes it worse. It doesn't make it worse, Kevin, because at the end of the day, right? I'm, I'm going to say this, and I know people don't like this. It really doesn't matter who wins the natty. Because we know how it's gonna end right now. (laughs) We we all it's like we open up this book in 2022 as if to say it ain't gonna be some form of Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State uh, team number the 14. Yeah, Clemson, Notre Dame, right. So, but what happens is Kevin, like you are saying, if you go into a tournament, right, and they say, hey, listen, man, we got 100. What we got 100 teams at this tournament? Yeah, only two make it. Only two gonna make it to the what? Only two. So 98 of us are irrelevant. Just n- n- no, 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 no. That's not how it goes. So I do believe that what but the SEC did, Greg Sankey did what the best conference in college football is supposed to do. i supposed to use threats to get our way. i supposed to say things like, all right, we're going to just break off. Say all kind of stuff. <laughs> because, you know, I mean, look, deniability is on the side of Greg Sankey. What do you mean? No, no I just said we're going to. When I said break so off. So we're going to talk I'm, about it. Because uh, <laughs> yeah. Kevin, he's saying this. Look, man. While I got 14 teams, soon to be 16 teams, that I'm in charge of, I want college football to know y'all can count on us to do for y'all. Meaning, if I'm the only one in the room being laughed out of the room and I got two teams in with four, I'm getting two teams in. When I I help us get, you know, when I help us add, you know, eight teams, I'm going to need the other four, you know, uh, commissioners to say, hey, I'm going to need the G5, the P5, I mean the P5 to stand on behalf of the G5, but he's saying, look, man, how are we going to let the NCAA bully up? They don't got no – we are all they got. But the parity in college football needs to change because if – with the NIL and all this other type of stuff, if I'm player X going to school X, I'm saying, dude, outside of the money and, and hopefully get into the league, we're not going to the postseason. USC used to dominate. They play on Fridays when they play UCLA. (laughs) Right? So all I'm I'm saying is, Kevin, it's like this. Penn State ain't getting in without it. USC probably ain't getting in without it. Uh, I mean, remember Minnesota had a really, really good year? They're not getting in without no expansion because this is have the branding and what they think. You got to pick four out of 130. It was really more than 130 this year because Cincinnati's ain't even P5. That's G5. So it's really what, 260, because you got one thirty one. So I do think that, and this is the thing, 12, really out of 260, still ain't a lot. That's, that's really not, but I think 12 is a, is a hell of a lot better than four, because for those people saying, oh, man, see, four was the right number. No, four is the number we have. Don't say four is the right number. Yeah. Four is the number we have because I guarantee
0: you. I mean, I do think it, there's a point where it gets to be too much, but I no, mean, I, 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 I don't, don't want a 64 be, team. It a, be be a,
1: no, it can't be a 64. Yeah. But I do. Th- but think about it, Kevin. Oh, there's 12,
0: people that are out there crazy enough to say that kind of stuff.
1: 12 out of 130, it's not a lot. Like, if we go into a tournament, it's 130 <laughs> yeah. teams. and hey, only 12 y'all going to get in. What? 12. They get to look around. Yeah. <laughs> So I, 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 I do like the strategy of Greg Sankey, what he's done. Him saying we're going to use our leverage. We're going to use our bully, uh, you know, tactics to kind of get our way. But Mr. Hancock knows, hey, time is ticking because 2025 is right around the corner. And now two of the biggest brands is coming over to the SEC now again. So they're not, so now they got the whole state of Oklahoma, sorry, Oklahoma State, and you know yeah. they got the whole state of Texas, because <laughs> you got UT. So I just think that Greg Sank is doing it the right way, and I knew that NIL, and like I say, maybe, maybe, if I get 12 in, now all the commission can come together and say, all right, dude, we got to agree on the NIL we got to agree on it. Not just me. This is what we said because the NCAA, just like the SEC, Kevin, nobody wants to be the one saying this is what we want to yeah, operate nobody, on. Nobody, but you nobody gonna, wants but to. you're going to have to pick something eventually.
0: Yeah, nobody wants it. We'll talk about that. The SEC meeting's wrapped up. What did they decide and who maybe benefits once we get to non-divisional play in the SEC? We'll discuss that next. Hit us up on Twitter at Pigskin Radio. We're streaming live at ESPNCoastal.com, 912-342-7185. 84. You can join us, 912-342-7184. Who does benefit the most once we break up divisions in the SEC? Love to hear from you. It's three and out. Great to be here. SEC meetings are over in Destin. And Ben, what happened? Not much. No about uh, A n- 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 oh, yeah. whole, whole lot of not much. Uh, a lot of talking about things that could happen. Obviously, we know the uh, the the NIL policy non existent. Uh, for the SEC, some talk that the SEC looked at making a interconference policy, like just for the SEC. But Greg Sankey coming out and saying, "Look, anything we've come up with would, if we got sued, we would not win." So obviously, that and I think that's where a lot of this stuff is dead on arrival. Uh, been with 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 a number of things um, uh, involving NIL. That no, as you said, nobody wants to be the the person to put it out there because if they get sued, they may not win. Uh, The transfer portal, we saw some suggestions. Kirby Smart threw some out there I thought were pretty uh, meaningful. Uh, You know, hey, have have some dedicated windows for guys to throw their name in the transfer portal. And then when it came to scheduling, nothing. Uh, Talked about a number of scenarios. uh, But, Ben, I think until Greg Sankey probably has a better feel for what's going to happen with the college football postseason, I think they're kind of at an impasse. Now, he said they want to have something more concrete uh, in place by the end of the fall or by the end into fall uh, so that they can uh, move forward, obviously, discuss with TV partners. But I think I heard one AD say from the SEC, look, we don't just want to go out there and do something so we can have something, so it'll be quick and done and over. They want to do it the right way. But I think if you know that there's a good probability of of you having X number of teams and then expanded – or in a college football playoff, if it doesn't expand – then you're probably not going to go past eight games, right? You're not, you're not going to make the SEC bigger. If you know that in an expanded college football playoff, strength of schedule plays a big role, you have a better chance, then, yeah, you might lean more towards the three-plus-six, nine-game conference schedule. Also, if you kind of get more heat on that, talking to your TV partners, if they're willing to give you more money for more SEC games, you might be more tempted to lean towards a nine-game conference schedule. I like a nine-game conference schedule. To me, you get a truer representation, especially if you're going to go 16, a uh, truer representation of who the best teams are uh, in the league. So that three common, six rotating, I like it. Divisional play would be done. Who benefits from that, Ben, from there being no divisions? It's just, hey, instead of us having to win the East, us having to win the West, we just need to be one of the top two teams, as, as it would appear now. You need to be one of the top two teams in the SEC. We'll play for it. And then, obviously, if you're playing for the SEC championship, no matter what format you're under, you're going to have a chance to move on and, uh, and, and play for a, a national championship. Who benefits, you think, from divisions going away in the SEC?
1: Tex Daniel. I think, I think sometimes when you look at the gauntlet well, Texas A&M, they've never been in Atlanta. they never won the West. Well, they got to run the gauntlet. They got to beat LSU. Got to beat Alabama. Got to beat Auburn. Got to beat Mississippi State. Got to beat Ole Miss. And sometimes you just run out of gas with that, and then the crossovers will be a Florida. The crossovers will be a Georgia or a Tennessee. Texas A&M will benefit. I think another team that's going to benefit because I don't think, you know, it's probably going to be a Florida right now, a, t- a-, a Tennessee, because I think sometimes, Kevin – we get, we, we get enamored with the fact that when the last time a team in the college football playoff didn't was a top one, top two, top three, top five in recruiting? So this benefits a good year. I'm going to tell you the team that's really going to benefit the most. It's going to be Arkansas. Sam Pittman has done a hell of a job at Arkansas. Sure. But the problem is, you know, he's winning eight games. Like, I remember when Arkansas didn't win a game in oh, the yeah, SEC. Yeah. Now they're winning eight. They're going eight and four, nine and three. And... Kevin, what it really, really does too is if, if it's 12, right, getting in, does not matter who goes to Atlanta now? It's, it's almost like you're saying, look, uh, we've never we've never seen what it would be like. People always say, oh, Georgia and Alabama and Florida and LSUs, they travel. Every team in the SEC travels. Could you imagine if Texas and I don't know, Texas and oh my God, Texas, Texas AM. Or in the freaking SEC championship game. You know how crazy Atlanta's gonna be. So I do think it's gonna be the teams that are fighting for second and third place in respective divisions now that's gonna get rewarded. You take you take last year. Now Jimbo and T- Jimbo and come to beat 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 Alabama. Just imagine there's no divisions. I just beat Alabama. And Kevin it's something you say too. The whole notion of the SEC, it just means more. Oh, if there's no divisions, every game matters. Oh, the regular season is going to be serious. Because now it's about who's going to Atlanta and positioning. Hey, man, you ain't top two, top three. You ain't even going to have a shot to be, you know, one of the 12 teams. But I do think, um, you know, the teams, that, the teams that are coming up, I mean – Florida was making a resurgence under Dan damn button. Maybe a guy like Billy Napier benefits from that. You see what Coach Heupel is doing at Tennessee. Oh, my God. You see what uh, Lane Kiffin is doing at Ole Miss, right? Because what happens is now is now I really am a player away. I'm a quarterback away. I'm a year away from making this thing do what it's supposed to do. And that puts more pressure on the teams like Georgia and Alabama's because they cause they get to say, whew, like, man, are you – like, I just don't got it one year. Like, one year, this team was just better than us. Now, we didn't go to Atlanta, but we still get a chance to be in. So, I, I think it makes the SEC a, a more of a true barometer. Because you go back to the, the Jadavion Clowney years, 11-2, 11-2, 11-2. What if there's no divisions? They got a shot to go in Atlanta and and and, and, and 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 really, really making some noise. I just think that we get so enamored by, by you know, I'm sorry, Georgia is a huge brand. Alabama's a huge brand, right? Uh so is Tennessee, right? South Carolina ain't the brand of a Tennessee. But, if, you know, I'm going to tell you who really benefits, just to throw it all the way, Kentucky. Because <laughs> think about it, Kevin. They went 9-3 to not too many years back, right? A guy like Coach Stoops, the brother of, of Bob Stoops, Mark Stoops. Kentucky is a basketball school. Let's call it what it, it is. There ain't nobody going, to you know. But. If Kentucky has an outlier year, now they got Will Levis. Now they got, you know, Rogers to come. They got a running game and a passing game. Rodgers is, I mean, Will Levis huh. is supposed to be a freaking.
0: Yeah. Got, you got know, uh, Chris, Chris Rodriguez. Rodriguez.
1: Chris Rodriguez, I'm sorry. Yeah. And I, I think what happens is, Kevin, the goal is to reward. No, look, the goal is to reward Wake and Pitt. Comes has a down year. Wake, Pitt, they got it going on. They meet each other in freaking in uh in freaking out uh, Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte. The SEC. Until something changes, the powers that be gonna always be the powers that be. And how much more does that really change recruiting? Okay, we really got a shot now. Yeah, really. Yeah. Well, I don't. And I, you don't got to go to Georgia and Alabama. I don't know. That's gonna make recruiting more even. It doesn't mean that Georgia and Alabama's not gonna be in the top five. Sure. But you well, like, think it, it, Like I said, I, I think it, 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 it opens it, it, things it benefit, up for it, some it, certain it benefit, teams. It benefits every. It, it benefits. It benefits the Ole Misses, it benefits the Kentuckys, it benefits the Texas A&M's, because, Kevin, you know just like I know. If nothing changes, look, Florida can go out there and have a really, really good recruiting class. They got a shot to go to Atlanta. We've seen it as of recent. Georgia, Florida has been in the SC championship game last two years, right? And Florida, Georgia, outside of Georgia, beating Alabama, Florida has played Alabama better than Georgia has, even though Georgia beat them in the national championship game. But that's minus both of your starting receivers. I'm just saying, when I'm looking at the SEC, right, I will start thinking that the SEC is only two teams if I only keep seeing two, and that's not, that's not necessarily the case at all. In a, in, a, in a situation where Nick Saban is saying, I don't really need Atlanta, I just do it because that's the requirement these days. <laughs> no. I, I I think what it is is, Kevin, I want to see what the league is top to bottom. And I think you take away divisions, you're gonna get more of a barometer of what it is because as you mentioned, it shouldn't be a bunch of undefeated teams, one lost team. Well, I mean I think
0: you hit. look at like you said, like Texas saying then, hey, I beat Alabama, had another slip up. Well, at the end of the at the end of the day, if you come down to it and it says, Hey, we both got one law or we both have one loss, it might come down to a head to head situation where I can go and we would play or maybe you play each other again, depending yeah. on how you get to those yeah. two. Those type. But I, but I think to do that, you need to play more conference games. So I think if you're going to do away with divisions, I would like to see nine conference games. I think as big as the power conferences has got, have gotten, I would like to see nine conference games become standard. Just yeah. because I think yeah. I want, I want to see you play each other more. Yeah. Uh, to to get a true barometer of, that, of, of, of who the is, champion is.
1: Well, that's what anybody you want. look look look. I care about parody. Not not the Nick Saban parody. No, yeah, you know, but, but mean, at the same I, but at the same time, too, Kevin. Think about this. Once again, once again, I'm in the SEC. Right? I'm in the SEC. I shouldn't have to go to school X to say. And because I will say it, every, everybody wants to have a like the, the greatest thing about pro sports is whether it be naive, the greatest day is open day of the year. Sure. Because we all got a shot. Like we like. We all got a shot to get in the playoffs. We don't know. The, the best teams are gonna be good teams again. But who's gonna be that, that team that's been getting better over the years? We just haven't noticed it because they're bottom feeders or, or they're not gonna be in the playoffs. Cincinnati showed that, look, man, you get, the, you get the right guys around, guys. Things can happen once you get in the freaking show. You talk about, you talk about the SEC, Texas AM, we the number one recruiting class in the country before we even get rid of the divisions. If you're talking about Tennessee, we finally got a guy in Henry Hooker in there, and we had the second best. We had the what I think we had the second best record in the in the East last year, right? I just think that certain teams are situational uh, are changes away, not not players away, because the, how the situation is is you know it's constituted right now. They're not gonna get. They're not. Mm-mm, it ain't. It ain't. It ain't built for them. It's almost like it's almost like Kevin. Look, your son plays up in baseball no matter how well he plays you ju- you forget the fact that man, he's younger than them right he's good enough to do that but he's he's the youngest one out there but you got him pitching the guys who you know so, that, you know but at the same time if he's out there with his age group that's more of a true barometer i'm good enough to play up but i'm also good enough to play with my age group and i think what happens is right now you got a bunch of teams without these divisions it's like they playing up it's like <laughs> that, that that that's
0: a, I mean, I did, I'm, to I'm me, sorry, I did, I'm sorry, to I'm sorry me, with the division. Without the
1: divisions, I, and, I just think it opens I, it up to something. And, totally and I
0: wouldn't say this was the case last year because I think Alabama and Georgia were the two best Absolutely. teams. But to me, there have been years where you could look at it and say the two best teams were in the West or the two best teams were in the East. We have yeah. to go back farther to say that about the yeah. East. But yeah. without divisions, you just give me the two best teams. And uh, again, I think it makes a lot of games matter. It gives teams second chances. You're going to beat up on each other when you do that. I, again, you can't sit back and say, oh, it's just going to be 9-0. and But I think you're going to get the two yeah. best teams you possibly my, have to my, play my, each other for the championship. Senior year,
1: my senior year, we went 8-5, and five, but it was a three-way tie for the East. Us, Tennessee, and Georgia tied for the East in 2003. Tennessee, I think, ended up going to the SEC championship game that year because Tennessee beat us. We beat Georgia. I think Tennessee – uh, had, to, had, had, like, the head-to-head, I think, against Georgia that year. Now, think about if there's no divisions. Now, obviously, Tennessee's going to Atlanta. Cool, man, y'all going to win the SEC. But, we, but I think three teams going to get in. I I just think that having – listen, if I got a real opportunity to get in and I didn't get in, that's cool. But if I got this fake oh, – <laughs> of course you can get it. Come on, man. Like, that to me, I think it it kills the perception of this thing, Kevin, and makes it more of a reality. They're going to they have to get rid of it. And, like I say, for two reasons. One, the college football playoff or two, Texas and Oklahoma – that's gonna make things totally different when they come over.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, again, I just look at it and say, do you want to create a scenario like the ACC where you want you wanted Florida State and Miami to play each other so badly in the championship game, and it's never happened? Mm-hmm. Uh, Texas and Oklahoma, I think you don't want to come in under a system and say, hey, Texas and Oklahoma, you're in. And I mean, it may take a while anyway, but yeah. I mean, they, they never have a chance to get to the SEC championship yeah. game. For one reason or another, I, again, I, 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 no divisions. I think, are going to be interesting for a number of teams, and it may actually help the teams not named Alabama. I mean, those teams are be Alabama, Oklahoma, Texas, Georgia, uh, That, that I, I guess some of the kind of general names that people yeah. would throw out there as having a shot. I think, it, as you said, Texas a and might be a team that would benefit greatly from there not being divisions in the SEC. we got more to come here. It's 3 and Out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network.
1: What's scary about this game is bigger than the fact that obviously uh the Celtics, the Celtics told the Warriors, we gonna, we're gonna outdo you guys in what you do. Jason Tatum had 12 points. Jay, the superstar Jason Tatum had 12 points and they still won the way they did. That's what's scary about him. I mean, I mean Udanka, I mean Udoka, uh the uh head basketball coach for the Celtics, Can't, gotta give him a lot of credit, man. I mean, this is first year as a head coach. Obviously, you know, when he took, you know, obviously when he when he become head coach, people saying, is he ready? But I think he is, and Kevin, it's it's you know you think about a guy like you think about a guy like Al Horford, man, been in the league a long time, really understand really understands how to be a true team player, does what's needed when needed, had to guard Giannis, you know, had to guard KD, so he's up for the challenge, and I think if you are the Warriors, it is just one game. Draymond Green had four points, I want to say Klay Thompson had fifteen, so two, so. Two scores, now even though Draymond ain't considered a score. I am saying Draymond care for yeah, Draymond is more of a facilitator, defensive presence, of the heart and soul of the team. But, Kevin, I think when you think about the Celtics team, they're saying to themselves, look, man, we're not just happy to be here. Marcus Smart, defensive player of the year. I mean, first guard to win defensive player of the year is who? Gary Payton. Gary Payton presented. They have, the thing about the Celtics, it's, it's kind of similar to what I say. The greatest team has the best role players. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, that's our superstars. That go our Batman and Robin. Even though now Batman wasn't as what you know, didn't really you know he didn't really show his best last night. Jalen Brown pick him up. Al Horford, just the, the, the consummate pro man, the old wide, the, the old, old wide vet that come in and, and give you whatever's needed. Marcus he does style. feel like
0: he's been in the league like oh, he is. 117 I mean, he has, years. Man.
1: I mean, I mean the fact, listen, the fact that he, he got,
0: went to college with Al Horford. No, he got
1: well, almost. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, we we I, I think. I mean, I'm not that much older than Al Horford. I think So I, I think Al Horford was more than like 85. I'm more than 82. So we we was overlapping. But I think what happens is, Kevin, We that's the thing about sports. We grow to expect, you know, the guys that's been here the longest. Steph, and, and this is this is finals, I think, number six for him, trying to go for that coveted number four, trying to get that MVP. Now, Steph led all scores of 34 points. He had 23 in the first half. I think 21 in the first half, I think he had 13 down the stretch. 13, 13 points in the second half, and you lost by what? Over double digits? It is one game, right? It is one game. But this is what the Celtics really showed the world and, and the Warriors. We are not scared of y'all. Everybody knows when you play at, when you play on the road, you got to steal one. They stole game one. It's much easier to. Now, I'm not saying they're gonna come out and just lay an egg in game two, but that's the first game. That's the first NBA finals in San Francisco in Chase Arena. Right? I think what what I saw the most about the Celtics is. You know, I'm a Udoka, their they're, uh, they're, they're, they're head coach. They've taken on his persona, right? Tatum, superstar. Brown, incredible player. Uh, Marcus Barth, defensive player of the year. Al Horford, constantly pro. They finding a way to get it done. And this is the thing. When Steph is sitting, Steph goes, how many threes they hit? They don't shoot threes, right? That's us. We the Splash Brothers. That's what we do. Kevin, you know it's like this. If I I outdo you on your home floor at what you do, that's when you go, yeah, we here. And regardless of what happened with the series, but very, very impressed by by the Celtics. Kevin, you know like it is. Steph Curry is a first-ballot bona fide Hall of Famer, the greatest shooter we've ever seen. But you are what you do currently. And if he don't win it, it won't be because he didn't play well. It's going to be like LeBron, couldn't get it done, right, right, wrong, indifferent. If Steph used if Steph lost, if Steph lose, that means he would be able to lost to LeBron. He'll be now lost to uh uh Kawhi and company and uh Jason Tatum. If, if it happens, it's only one game. I'm listen, I'm not going crazy. I'm not going uh, You can go crazy on Monday if it's if it's oh two God, going hey, back to Boston. Kevin, at the end of the day, we certain things. <laughs> LeBron winning to Cleveland, iconic. Uh uh, you know, when you when you when you um, Eli Manning winning with the New York Football Giants, iconic. If Jason Tatum and company can win and free, ooh, woo, you talking about iconic? Love, listen, love uh, Ray Allen, love KG, love Paul Pierce. They want, it, they want it with the Celtics. Like, that's why everybody. So at the end of the day, you know how it is, Kevin, the Lakers and the Celtics. I and I'm sorry, Knicks fans, it ain't happening. It's just a different type feeling when you talk about those type of iconic type teams. But, hey, man, the Tatum & Company can get it done regardless of who gets MVP, they're going to be looking at Steph and them saying, dude, is, is this passing the torch? Because y'all got all y'all players. Andrew Wiggins, Andre Iguodala. Great great performance game one. I just think that they did it. They beat the Warriors. As you said, the Warriors got out-warriored at home. And you know they're going to make our first you know, first game adjustments, but so are the Celtics. We'll see what happens because I don't think Tatum going to give us
0: 12 points game two. Yeah, game two coming up on Sunday night. They get a lot of extra days off here yeah. uh, in the NBA Finals. We'll have game two for you coming up on Sunday night. Much more to come when we come back. Braves and Rockies, not even going to say it. It's three now. Southern Pixie Radio Network. Good to have you back. Braves and Rockies coming up. Game two. Oh, 04. We'll have it for you. 725 tonight. I'm not going to say what could happen. Let's do it. But you got Max Fried out there. Max Fried. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> you got some thin air. Come on. You got a lot of grass out there. No pressure. And the baseballs like to fly out of there. Again, between the two teams last night, you scored, what, 19 runs. So that's all I'm going to say. Come on. Come on,
1: Braves, man. Like... Listen, you got – It's got, as you, easy as one. Y'all got Kevin not afraid to say Two? certain things, man. And, Kevin, listen, I will say this. Listen. <laughs> if this – listen, Braves, obviously, you, you control it night in, night out. Play the parents in, play the parents out. I get it, I get it in, 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 out. Just play loose. Ronald Acuna Jr. need – listen, you, you got it. Uh, no, Ozuna needs to be in the DH. Acuna needs to be, you know, he needs to be in the lineup. Because, Kevin, are you on me over. It's, it's hard to watch us on in outfield. Lord, I, I, I mean, to be so skilled at the play, you be like, what is up? Like, he wasn't supposed to be there. Someone Big poppy is I ball. mean, get it's not like I
0: said. I think when you watch Marcelo Zuna play outfield now, you realize, hey, it's hard to do. Not anybody can do it. You're like, well, they're just catching fly balls. Like, yeah. It's a little more more. I mean, than I mean did, listen, but, listen, you got to, you you judging. That, that ball, get on you quick. But, I mean, it's obvious. And he does not have a strong arm. Like, no. I, we, we've seen people will run on him all day long. But, uh, again – I think you need Acuna out there as much as possible. Michael Harris has been a Fidem tremendous asset, tremendous asset, and we had Gorav Vidak on earlier saying, "Look, wait until about the June fifteenth mark, and he should really start to come into his own, and you could see a big, uh, big takeoff Mr. there." Mr. So miss the double, you're hitting doubles all over the park. We'll look, take it. I, 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 again, people were excited about it. Nobody thought it was going to happen as quickly as it did. He's here, and he is—he's uh, performed. Twenty-one years young, people. I mean, you got what Acuna is not much older than that, 20, right? He's like twenty. 20 no, we yeah, think. I think Ronald's like twenty-two. 24? Wow. So you got some young, young, young guys there.
1: We'll take them. We'll take them young twenty somethings. Take them all. <laughs> got Max, those fresh Max, legs out listen, there. Listen, Max, Max, free. Get out there and get it done. Give him Get him some runs. Listen, get through those early innings. And like you say, Kevin, that
0: thin air, boy, that ball will just be boom. Yep. That ball will be out of there. I, I, hey, no lead is safe in Colorado. I, I I'm hopeful the Braves. Go out with some confidence tonight and, and win again. I, as I said, the narrative is old. It needs to stop. You know, hey, can't win three games in a row. It sounds ridiculous. And their pros, you're like, hey, we're not worried about that. But I, it's June. It's June. The Pirates just beat the Dodgers three games in a row. Come on. You haven't beat anybody. anybody much, Or put together three days where you have won in a row. And it's June. So I think that's something you got to get off of your back. I mean, however you want to define it, you have not had a winning streak. Now, you haven't had a losing streak either because I think the Braves still have not lost more than two games in a row. But to me, that's a narrative that needs to go away. Yep. Uh, you need to get it done. And again, you're in a stretch of games against subpar teams. Technically, I mean, I guess you could say, well, the Braves have been subpar. They've played like it. So, But you are against the Rockies. You've got the Pirates coming up, the Cubs. You have some teams, uh, been that you should beat. And the fact that you have not been able to string together three Against a run of the schedule like this, to me, I mean, the Phillies just fired their manager today and Joe Girardi. So, uh, you, wow. T- you, to me, you need this for roster confidence and more. Hopefully, they go out there and get it done. No Ozzy Albies in the lineup tonight, apparently, just giving him a day off. Appreciate Gora Vidak joining us here on the program. If you missed any of the show, ESPNCoastal.com. Hit us up on our YouTube page at ESPNCoastal on YouTube, and we'll see you Monday.